Petri dish of germs. Hey, I'm not your son. I'm Caffeine Rage. On today's show, we will of course be discussing the games that we've played. We're going to be taking a look at loot boxes going forward into 2018 with several news articles. There's a rumor going around that Disney and Lucasfilms are talking with new game developers for Star Wars. Sea of Thieves is getting microtransaction pets a few months after its launch. Mojang's card game Scrolls shuts down for good on February 13th, which is today, as of recording. Relic leaves Dawn of War 3 behind as it moves on to new projects. We'll have our weekly community corner, our Steam weekly discovery queue, and timestamps will be in the show notes following their respective topics. Hello, fellow sick person. Well, I'm not as sick as you. I guess that depends on what way you look at <laughs> what type of sick you're talking about. Uh, uh, it all depends from a certain point of view. Indeed. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm glad you're feeling better, because two days ago you were like, I don't think I can do that. And I was like... "Well, I, No, I was marking myself as uncertain, because it really depended on uh, what my sinuses did, because I had a migraine for the weekend. So, you could imagine me not re- really wanting to record if I still had that migraine. Yeah, that's... I was ready, though. I was ready. In case we weren't going to put together a... a... Or maybe try and rope in a last-minute team host. Maybe Kyle or... Yeah, but do we really want to let Kyle loose? Without, you know, uh, supervision from both of us? I mean, I could supervise him just fine if you don't. What, have your leather daddy outfit all set? Uh, try to distract him? Absolutely. You should You should put that, that link <laughs> in the show notes. Just for people to go look at it. I don't Maybe put it, like, at the bottom or... I don't know. You do the show notes. Just put it somewhere. People should go watch that video. It's it's quite funny. Yeah, I found uh, some sort of... I think it's supposed to be Norwegian uh, uh, game show or reality show that was testing the, their biathlete. And I found part of it uh, first thing in the morning on Reddit. Well, my morning. It's like, well, it's only up from here. <laughs> It, or in Jared's case, down. It's pretty funny. It's pretty funny. Even though I couldn't understand what they were saying, just what they were doing was... We just need to get Kyle to uh, dub over it. Yes, you should do that, Kyle. If you have time. I know that you're back at work again, or back at a new job. So, yay! Speaking of jobs, uh, maybe we should move on to ours? Uh, I mean, we are here for a reason. We are, and we do get paid a little bit, sort of. I mean, we don't really get to use that money. It all gets put back into the show, but yeah. They're... Oh, we're, well, for now, we're a non-profit. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, we're, we're a non-profit. Exactly. I'm going to file my taxes as for a non-profit. <laughs> I could try. Uh, so, I'd probably go to jail uh, for tax fraud. Yeah. So, games we played? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Let's do that. Shall we play a game? I want to play a game. It's game over, man. It's game over. What games have have you played this week, Rage? And we're also gonna we're gonna sort of alternate just to give our our throats a little little rest in between. 
But I have. Yeah, see, my my throat was uh, rather sore during the weekend due to sil- uh, to sickness. Jared's is just naturally uh, sore through the weekend due to his uh, activities. All the dicks I suck. Well, he goes down to the shooting range, his leather boy outfit. <laughs> you have to watch the video to understand that one, people. But yeah, we're kind of alternating. We don't. Ha- I don't have enough games to go to alternate every other game, but we're gonna break it up a. So first up is Brick Rigs. I picked this up during the summer of last year on the Steam sale, and I've toyed around with it on and off. And uh, while I was sick, I decided to yeah devote a little bit more time with it. And I will say. I both I like and dislike certain parts of it. For one, absolutely love the destruction engine in it, where, uh, well, for those who don't know, Brick Rigs is essentially just a vehicular sandbox where you're building with Legos, or Legos and sarcasm quotes, uh, different vehicles, trains, uh, automobiles, tanks, that sort of thing, and drive them around, and they're fully destructible, as in you crash into something, and it breaks apart like you would imagine Legos would. Which is very, very satisfying. <clears throat> but the... Something I really dislike about... Well, there's two things. Outside of uh, the tickle my throat, which Jared's hopefully going to be editing out. Yep, I'll start making notes. So, well, <laughs> I said I, I was down from an editing nightmare to an editing nuisance. Don't worry about it, I'm on it. Carry on. Uh, there's two things I really dislike about it. One is that the editor is a bit fiddly. It's a little tough to really be able to snap things together like you would expect. There's a lot of hotkeys to mess around with and a lot of positioning that's a little bit annoying. Well, for example, a couple times I uh, thought I put wheels on, but instead they were beside the car. Uh, but yeah, it's just... There, there's just a lot of nuance that maybe with enough practice and enough, yeah, actually being coherent, because I was trying to play this when I was, uh, yeah, starting to really come down with my illness over the weekend, and it was just not quite there. It, it's not as simple to throw something together like a Kerbal Space Program, even though it's the same general idea on both sides with the, uh, with the editor. Brick Rigs just overcomplicates things a little bit too much. That said, I do like how they have it where the rotation on objects is shown a lot better than Kerbald does. Where you can see, okay, in this orientation, if I press A, it's going to rotate this way. They show it a lot better in Brick Rigs, and that's something I wish Kerbald would, well, blatantly steal. <laughs> uh, and the other thing that I dislike, and this is going to be probably one of my major nitpicks which should tell you you know how much i like the game because when i'm I'm nitpicking that means i like something is that i really wish that the game world and the actual vehicles and player models because you also are playing essentially a lego minifig made sense aesthetically you are are playing in this game world that looks well it's uh, unreal engine so that that's pretty much, yo, know, every map on the game looks unreal. As in the Unreal Engine. You know how things look pseudo-realistic, but not quite in, uh, unreal? Yeah. The world looks like that, but then you're driving around in Lego cars. It's a disconnect. I kind of like that. 
I see I what you're saying. I wish that there was at least one map that had a Lego world. And as far as I know, there isn't one, at least not yet. It's still in early access, so maybe they'll add it eventually. But I want a full-on Lego world Yeah, I... with destructible uh, walls. You know, drive into something and the entire building breaks apart. Granted, that would probably be a CPU nightmare. But they also have the, where in-game, uh, as you crash, time could slow down. So, there you go. Very, very slow motion. <laughs> one one FPS. Or one FPM. Yeah. Well, it doesn't have to be that bad, but, you know, just have it where sections of the walls could uh, be broken through and that sort of thing. It would be, it would be interesting. Something that uh, also is interesting is that they added a combat system to the game since the last time I played it. Where... Uh, it has online multiplayer. You can set uh, dedicated servers and that sort of thing. And you can set up player roles where, for example, it could be cops versus robbers and you're driving around in cars and shooting at each other. And I mean, actually shooting at each other with guns. Even though the guns, you know, they're realistic models. It's, once again, Unreal. Well, I should say the Unreal Engine. So, it's a, once again, that kind of disconnect. I wish they would just go full out with the theme or, you know, pick something. But, you know, very nitpicky. But overall, I've enjoyed it as a vehicle sandbox. Uh, it's one that I want to tour around with a bit more, if you pardon the turn of phrase there. hey get Give you a moment to figure out what I'm in there. <laughs> uh, as it goes further in the early access, because it's been in early access for quite a while. I picked it up. Last summer, when it was on sale, and I think it was already like six months in. So I'll have to see what the final state of the game is uh, once it leaves early access, or once it gets pretty far into early access. But so far, if you want a vehicle sandbox, it's not bad. Yeah, it, it looks good. I've been interested in it for a while, and recently, in the last couple of months, my kid has discovered YouTube and Uh-oh. Rick Riggs videos. Like, there's whole channels dedicated to people just crashing things, and he likes to watch those. And I'm like, okay, this would be a well, good game for me to buy, and we could sit. Yeah, I mean, it has a dedicated, uh, just slow-mo. You know, yeah, start crashing and hit the slow-mo button. And it also, it handles the con- uh, my contr- wireless controller a lot better than uh, Carpool does. It allows uh, hot swapping of, uh, uh, you know, turning on and off. But yeah, it allows the controller to be turned on and off uh, pretty freely. And it's able to detect, uh, you know, just uh, on the fly, which is a whole lot better than what Kerbal does, which is always very frustrating to try to do Kerbal with a gamepad, with, uh, which is wireless, because, yeah. Yeah, I don't play KSP, though. Well, my idea for Game Club was to do uh, a lot of airplanes for early science and then uh, boost to the MUN pretty quickly. Couldn't do that because couldn't get airplanes to work uh, properly. <laughs> And, and no free toss, it's not that, assuming you're still out there somewhere. It's just that Kerbal uh, did not like my controller being wireless. So, any questions about Rick Ricks? Uh They have, I want to say, nearly a dozen maps. No, I don't think I have And, and one of them is a full uh, space sa- a space sandbox. What do you mean? Uh, zero G, uh, just a, a, a garage floating out in the middle of space. <laughs> Okay, I got you. I was going to say, what do you mean by Space Sam? And the maps are pretty damn big for the most part. So I imagine the Space Sandbox is also pretty big, but I'm not sure if they have the bricks to really support it yet. Because there's a lot of aviation stuff, but I don't recall a lot of rocketry. There's a space shuttle on uh, 
on one of the screenshots. Yeah, but is it working? I don't know. Wrong tab. <laughs> uh, but any questions about Vickers? No, I don't think so. All right. Well, uh, next up is a transition game from me to you, Computer Tycoon. We incidentally employed this to- <laughs> on the same week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was trying to think of games that I could play to, you know, tweak because I've still been playing a ton of Civ 4 for Game Club. And I played those for most of the week. So yesterday, I'm like, what are some games I could try to talk about on the show that probably won't be too in-depth? And Computer Tycoon was the wrong choice for that. <laughs> yeah, um, indeed. Looking at it, if you've played the older, I mean, they're not old, but they're from a few years, like the Video Game Tycoon and Arcade Tycoon, those games, this is not those. they're really simple, but they do have that sort of shared or similar aesthetic. So seeing Computer Tycoon, I'm like, oh, this is going to be like a really simple management game in the, you know, in the likeness of video game and arcade tycoon and stuff like that. And it's not. This is like a full-blown management simulator where that you start in the, what is it, the 70s? Uh, yeah, you start in the 70s. I, I, see, I went into this knowing it was going to be more complex than uh, Game Dev Tycoon, and I was wanting to be more complex. The problem was that no documentation. Yeah, the whenever you start your first game, you get a like a, a pop up on the screen <laughs> that is just all notes from the dev that <laughs> basically says, "Hey, this game is still in development. I haven't put together a proper tutorial yet, but here's how everything works." And it's just pages of text, like fifteen pages, isn't it? Yeah, it's a lot. And, you know, no pictures, no real breaks, just text. Text, 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 text. Well, I, I mean, there's some pictures. You know, we're, we're talking like single space, 12-point font, text for you to read through. Yeah, I mean, it has to be 5,000 te- uh, characters. Yeah. Probably closer to 10. Yeah. Um, And that's not a good tutorial. That's not a good way to explain anything, because I got, honestly, I got distracted and bored halfway through it and just said, fuck it, I play tons of games like this, I can figure it out. <laughs> wrong i was i mean i was getting there i only played it for a little while because i was like okay i should dedicate some time when i can play this and figure it out as opposed to just trying to cram something for for the week but i mean i played enough that i can talk about the early well it probably didn't help uh well for one i was starting to come down with my illness but also there's a lot of very similar terms that mean very different things that doesn't help this game yeah uh, they use a lot of initialisms, uh, like, uh, what was it, uh, production points, PP, then there's CP. Yep. And there's LP, because there's, there's production points, logistics points, um, what's, is CP the money? Uh, no, that was, uh. Because it's not, it's not dollars or euros, it's like a, no, a made up. No, no, that, no, that's, uh, CT, uh, uh. D or something. Uh, it was a uh, computer tycoon dollars or something like that. Oh, okay. Is that what that is? I don't remember reading that in the in the documentation. Guess I skimmed. Yeah, it. it's just yeah. There's a there's a lot of buttons and knobs to toy around with on uh, building your computers, which is very satisfying. Uh, but the thing is that I have no idea what the fuck. Yeah, I mean the gist of the game is you start in the seventies. 
Um, it, right now, there's just like a random start mode where that everything is randomized. There's supposed to be uh, no, just uh, the the country bounties are not randomized. Well, no, just... no, no, no. But I mean, like, well, well I was saying that uh, only thing that's randomized is the uh, economic data. Yeah, right. That is <laughs> that is what I meant. But saying everything <laughs> is wrong. <clears throat> Thanks for the correction there. But anyways, um, it it randomizes that so that. You know, you're not always going for the same, I guess, countries every time on every, uh, kind of, I guess it kind of keeps down this sort of spreadsheet optimization sort of thing. Uh, the dev has said that they're putting in a historical, like a historically accurate mode, which takes into account like the cold war and things like that. Um, and there's certain milestones that happen according with how they did in real life. So, uh, they said that that would be much more challenging because there's certain things you can't do go into the Soviet Union, North Korea. Well, also, there's like uh, no real random events right now, so it's pretty much just, uh, you know, go at it and that's it. There's no, you know, like, uh, suddenly rain prices are going to jump up because, you know, a factory flowed somewhere. Yeah, cryptocurrency was invented. Build GPUs now. <laughs> <laughs> um, But uh, it's, it's an interesting looking management, company management sim. Um, and I, well, something else that seems interesting is that your CEO is an actual uh, part of the game where you have to protect yourself. Yeah, yeah. If you die, you lose. I like the win conditions. Um, though the win conditions are just make it to the end date of the game, which is what twenty thirty something, like twenty thirty five or something like that. Yeah. Um, become. Like get so or uh, research so much advanced technology that you create the singularity and put your consciousness in a computer. The Cave Johnson approach and live forever, or um, you can go bankrupt, which means you lose because you lost your company, or you can die. And if you die, it's game over. So that's a pretty interesting thing because it's you have to manage. Yeah, I wonder if they're going to expand on that. I don't know. At, at this point, you just basically have to manage uh, your health. There's sort of like a, a stress mechanic, and if you work too much and spend too much time, or don't spend enough time resting and taking care of your physical health, you can die. But, I mean, obviously, I didn't play far enough to have any of that really come into play. I only played for a couple of years in-game, which, you know, it's got the standard speed-up, slow-down, pause-time mechanic, so, I mean, I, I sped through most of the first couple of years. Like I said, I didn't play it for very long. But, I mean, it looks like it's all there, and it looks like it's it's off to a good start. How long has this game been in or out in early access? Been playable? Looks uh, like since October. It released in October, so it hasn't been out for terribly long. And they're not playing on staying in early access that long of uh, memory serves. It's just, it's, you know... Without a tutorial, it's kind of tough to jump into because it's more complex than what what you really was expecting it to be. Yeah, yeah. I just didn't realize what that what it was. I saw it on Key Mailer, and I was like, "Oh, this is going to be a nice, simple tycoon game," and it's not, which is fine. I like um, these types of games, so yeah, I do too. That's uh, why I signed up for it. It's just there's a difference between being able to jump into it uh, and it being too simple. And it explains anything. 
Yeah, if it had a better tutorial or a better way to introduce the game to you than just here's a wall of text, it would be easier to to jump into. But as it stands, you've got to spend a while reading the manual, playing it and figuring stuff out, and then going back to the manual, that sort of thing. Or you just got to dive in and wing it until you figure it out on your own. I suppose... Yeah, which I wasn't willing to spend that much time with it because, yeah... I was having trouble getting my first computers to sell and I couldn't figure out, you know, what I was doing wrong. And this really comes down to the whole idea of if you're a single developer or a small dev team, you don't really have the outside, hey, I'm going to have trouble figuring this out because I'm not you. Yeah. I, I will dive into it and just figure it out at some point. But like I said, I sat down yesterday and I was like, I haven't played any games to talk about. I need to play something. And so I, I popped on Computer Tycoon because, like I said, I thought it was a much simpler, more simple game. Turns out I was wrong. So I was like, I don't want to put the time into this today to figure this out, but I'm intrigued and I'm going to come back to it. I will say that uh, a couple of things that, you know, just from quick observation, I like the aesthetics. The screen real estate, I think, is, is properly using as... There's a lot of information on screen, but it doesn't feel super cluttered, if that makes sense. Like, it's tightly packed information, but I didn't feel like I was constantly like, where is this thing? You know, where's this menu? Where's this icon that I'm looking at? It feels like it's, it's designed well. And then the aesthetic is, is nice. It's a simple, smooth aesthetic. Everything is Yeah, and everybody does cartoony. look like they're... Yeah, and everybody looks like they're they are right out of the seventies. Yeah, and all of the characters that you can create look like they're right out of the seventies. Or well not create, but you can choose from. There's what is it, eight different? Yeah. I, I mean they're just, they're basically just avatars to choose. There's seven Yeah, so tell me, uh you uh did you choose the fat guy with the beard? No, I picked the woman. Uh, gasp. You didn't go for yourself. I chose the only woman. Which once again, you know, tech, uh, tech in the seventies, that's pretty accurate yeah i was i was like at first i was like why is there only one female character and then i like really got into it i was like oh okay this starts in the 70s that makes sense actually there probably weren't any female ceos in the 70s at least not that i'm aware of so i thought that was nice but i mean you know you've got some people that look like there's a guy that looks kind of like steve jobs and a guy that looks kind of like wozniak and uh i'm not sure who the asian guy is just asian people there's there's a Japanese well, man uh, in wait, there. Wait, 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 are you saying that they all look alike? There's a Japanese man in there. They all look alike. The Japanese. Well, I would say we're about to get demonetized, but we're already about to get demonetized. Yeah. But so it's nice. So it's a, a game I look forward to learning. But I don't I don't really have anything else to add to it. Yeah, I just this is a case study of yeah, why you should have it if not proper tutorial. You know, a better explanation of what the fuck. Yeah, that's fair. Alrighty. So, uh, my next two games are both mobile games in the... Well, I'm rendering for a bit. Let's go check out Google Play and see what's up. The first one is uh, Transport Empire Steam Tycoon. And this is your pretty standard, uh, I guess, adult-esque uh, resource ga uh, gathering game. Would that be a fair assessment? Yeah. Where you're running trains in between different uh, uh, resource stations and uh, gathering up resources for the next uh, uh, leg of the journey. And building up a, well, a resource empire. 
My big problem with it is the fact that I had a over a half an hour time wall pretty damn quickly. And yes, you are able to speed up without using the premium currency just by using other resources. But <coughs> I quickly realized I wasn't going to enjoy this. So I quickly uninstalled it because it's not terrible. I would say it's about bog standard. Uh, for this uh, genre or subgenre, but it's just not for me. I think that's fair. Yeah, I have played this before, and I liked it because I like pretty much anything with trains in it and old games. But um, it's a couple. This game's several years old. Yeah, it hasn't been uh, supported in quite a while. Well, let's put it this way: I went to the news, and it said, "Uh, uh last uh news headline was like four hundred, five hundred days ago." I see. Yeah, the last time I played it was probably two years ago, maybe three years ago. Um, and, and I mean, I liked it. It's got a, you know, like you said, it's one of those standard sort of time enrichment games. Later on, you get boats and then air. There's like a little story that you follow. Yeah, it did seem like there was going to be a bit of an interesting story, but, uh, you know, I was already hitting several long time walls, so it didn't seem all that... Uh, worthwhile to dive into yeah i mean if you liked this sort of thing i guess back when it was supported it was decent enough you know it wasn't too egregious and that sort of although granted it could have changed a lot since i played it because i haven't played it in probably well, a lot years. of uh, the, a lot of the uh, ways around the time sinks was other resources so for example if I'm running a line that's going to uh, pick up stone or logs or that sort of thing, I could use coal, which is also a resource that I generate by running a different line to speed up the others. The only one that uh, really is uh, painful to speed up is the coal itself, because that uses the in-game currency, which gets doled out in very small chunks. Yeah, well, there's... And that. Uh, there's, well, I was about to say, it's close to a premium currency, but not, but not quite. Yeah. There's uh, different speed-ups for each of the... That problem gets comp, gets compounded when you, the ships and then the, the dirigibles. Yeah, I didn't quite get to the airships uh, before I stopped because I was already hitting the time walls pretty hard. Yeah. Yeah. And my other game, I spent even less time on. Okay. Stickman Destruction 3 Annihilation, which was actually another title uh, on my phone, which I don't even recall now. Essentially, it's it reminded me a lot of the old dismount games. But the reason why I quickly uninstalled it was uh, approximately 30 seconds of gameplay, add. 30 seconds of gameplay, add. 30 seconds of gameplay, add, uninstall. I see. One of those games. Yeah. Which is a shame because, you know, it would have been an interesting, you know, pick up and uh, torture things for a while game. Did you uh, turn Wi-Fi off for going to airplane mode? Uh, no, I didn't even bother. I didn't like it that much. I got you. Yeah, I mean, this game looks okay, but I, I mean, can't... It, it was okay, but the thing is that, you know, it was just... It was baggedy with the heads. Yeah, I can't stand things that do the ad. That, ad, you know, every 30 seconds is an ad. Well, well, the thing is, it was after every level, and every level was, you know, sub-30 seconds. But, you know, that's more of just a word of warning. 
So while you do your town craft, I'm going to go get another mug of tea. Sure. You go ahead and do that. Uh, Towncraft was the next game that I played. And Towncraft is a cute little crafting game um, that's specifically like the tagline is it's a chill out crafting and city building. So what you do is there's three different levels and there's a road that runs and each level can be played infinitely in sandbox mode or you can do it in mission mode which is you've got a goal that you so much gold or build your town so big, things like that. And every so often people walk down the road and you're just building this town outside the road. And you start off with your basic punch a tree, get some wood, punch a rock, get some stones, build your first tool, like that sort of thing, like Minecraft or Terror, any of those survival crafting games. But there's no, there's no danger uh, there's no time limits on anything. You don't have to worry about eating or resources. All Everything returns naturally over time. And there's many ways to multiply both the resources on the map and the resources that you gather. Because as you build your town, you can hire workers and attract people to live there will go and do tasks for you. So you can hire wood choppers or stone gatherers or people to harvest crops to get the resources for you. There is currency in the game that... Uh, you know, traders will come by or you can even set up a trading post. So you always have somewhere to buy and sell your goods and things uh, and you can earn. That's one of the objectives for the levels, which I think I said earn X amount of gold. But it's just very cute, very simple, very easy to play. It's a great podcasting or radio listening or Netflix watching game. Um, and I, I played it on my desktop. But I'm going to install it on my laptop, I think, laying in bed after I've had to give the office up to Katie. I'm like watching a, just something I have going in the background, basically. Uh, it does have a couple of problems. For some reason, every time, every, every time you try to load a second map, the game will crash. Um, so the first time you load a map, whichever map it is, the tutorial map or any of the main three mission maps, um, it's fine. But if you save and exit and go back to the menu and launch any other map, the game crashes. No one else has reported that from what I can see on the forums. So I don't know if that's just something that nobody cares about because like they're playing until they're done and then they turn it off and they don't notice. Or if it's just a me issue, which the next game I'm going to talk about, I have got some some kind of hardware incompatibility or driver issue or something. So it might be that for me. But it's triggerable every time by doing that and it doesn't seem to matter how long i sit in uh actually playing it doesn't seem to crash until i go back to the menu but otherwise it's just a really cute game i mean and i mean there really is no danger there's no monsters you can't lose health from nothing it's just if you like the crafting aspects of those games like minecraft or terraria or what uh just want to chill out while you play them then there you go to Spin Tires Mud Runner. This is something I played a little bit earlier today. And uh, this was mostly due to an update that it got uh, for some free DLC. They released a new map. Ooh, I'll have to fire that up again. <laughs> Suddenly interested, aren't we? I mean, I've always yeah, been interested in it. I, I like Spin Tires. Yeah, it's, yeah, it has a new map and three new vehicles. It's having some technical issues with uh, mods. It seems like something they did broke uh, uh, modded cars. 
But yeah, I just installed my mods to try it out. And uh, the new map looks interesting. It, uh, it's a, a pretty flat map with a lot of forest, which usually they have a, a fairly hilly terrain, at least of some sort. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting uh, to play that. Um, this is uh, going to be, you know, just a tease for me really diving into it for this week is my, you know, I'm bored. I want to play a game. Not Mudrunner. Yeah, pretty much the place uh, Warframe has been in for the last few months. So, uh, uh, and I have toyed around with two of the three cars so far. They inst uh, they put in a new high-end uh, eight-wheeled monstrosity, uh, an E-Class car, which uh, tows just a ton of freight. In the new map, you actually don't start with a garage. It's not unusual. Or it's not unique, I should say. Because uh, the Flood map also starts the same way, if I recall correctly. Yeah. Yeah, you start with two big trucks, and one of them has a garage semi-trailer. Yeah, that's how uh, Valley starts, the new map. And you have to uh, go into it. And you start off with a big truck, a small truck, and three garage trailers. I guess in case yeah, one gets stuck, or if it, uh, or it's set up for multiplayer. And a new truck is able to easily tow the semi trucks or the semi uh, garage trailers. It's actually quite impressive. But I think my favorite car that out of the two I played is actually the new little scout car. Yeah, I see that here in one of the screenshots. Yeah, it's sort of this weird van Jeep hybrid. I'm not sure what the actual, you know, uh, what to actually call that thing. But it's able to take fuel barrels on it. It's able to take uh, 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 utility points. It's actually able to take garage points. <laughs> like one at a time? Yeah. Yeah, but for multiplayer, think about that. You know, uh, two people taking uh, garage points with the trucks. Yeah. It's a cute little thing. Yeah, it's a little bit heavier than the Jeep. So it sinks in the mud, doesn't run across it like the Jeep does. Even though it, yeah, you know, the Jeep does sink a lot more than the older uh, uh, spin tires, but it's a, a very useful little thing, and it also in single player is recallable, which is very useful. I'm trying to see what vehicle this is in real life, but I'm not finding anything. Yeah, I'm not sure what to call it. Which doesn't mean anything. I mean, you know, it could be any number of vehicles, and they've just called it the A nine six nine, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, it sort of reminds me, uh, just shape-wise, you know those single-person uh, amphibious uh, 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 cars that, uh, you know, uh, uh, hunters uh, use that, you know, has six wheels on them and uh, can uh, drive just about anywhere? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Uh, Body-wise, it reminded me of one of those, so I was wondering if it was amphibious, but it's not. That's actually the downside of it is that it's uh, very susceptible to water, uh, more so than the Jeep. I haven't taken it through swift running water yet, but I imagine that it would topple and tumble, <laughs> much like the Jeep. So the best I can come up with for an A969 is uh, some sort of RC truck that's like lime green and off-road uh, rally, or what are they, the desert racers? Rallycross? No, not Rallycross. Baja? Baja, there you go. It looks like a, a Baja truck. So that's not right. 
I don't know. I'm gonna. Well, I'm pretty sure it wouldn't be you know the same name, but it's uh, yeah, uh, it's an interesting little update. Uh, if you're running a lot of mods, probably uh, make you displeased because it uh, broke a lot of modded trucks and people were complaining about frame rate issues. Oddly enough, I didn't have frame rate issues, which is kind of a rarity. <laughs> but uh, there you go, a free update uh, to Spin Tower's Runner. Sweet. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. I need to play more of it anyways and finish off the challenge mode. Maybe beat the rest of the older maps. I mean, since they're basically mostly graphical over. Yeah, with some changes. Uh, uh, Valley, I didn't really recognize as a old map. I'm not sure if it's just I didn't play enough of it. Uh, But it didn't seem familiar like uh, some of the other ones did. Yeah. Alright. Well, my last game is uh, Tacoma. Tacoma came in the Humble Monthly Bundle. And I'd like to tell you about it, but instead what I'm going to tell you about is the constant crashing that it that happens with it. Um, I seem to be one of a, a small number of people who have this repeated crashing bug. Basically, every minute or so after I launch the game and start playing, it crashes. Just hard crash to desktop. Uh, and I don't know why. And so far, the people who have asked in on the discussion about... Or on the on the, uh, the Steam discussion forums about it have not gotten an answer other than just send in your crash logs. We'll see if we can help. But nothing has been posted uh, about how to fix it. I've gone through some of the basic troubleshooting steps like checking my drivers and trying to launch it in, in windowed mode, changing... Some games don't like being launched for some reason into, you know, occasionally launching them into full screen 1080. Uh, typically, like, games loading bug or something. So I just was like, oh, I'll just try windowed mode in a different... And then I also did the Steam verify the integrity of the game files or whatever, and it came up clean. So, which really sucks, because Tacoma was the first game that I actually tried for this week, and I figured I would play through it and Maybe not the whole thing, but play it for a couple of hours and talk about how neat it looks and how... You know, it probably doesn't help uh, trying to uh, problem solve this. If searching Tacoma Crash, it's all t- uh, Toyota. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a problem too. Um, but, I mean, I've been interested in Tacoma just because... One, I do like these sort of walking experience um, type of games. And I love sci-fi games, so combining the two... Uh, seemed really interesting to me. Plus, I like the concept of Tacoma. Like, you wake up on a ship, and you're the only person left, and you're trying to figure out what happened by watching all of the holograms and things like that uh, that that are playing back, so you can see what happened. I just, I like the concept of the game, but... the Well, maybe you should try playing on a lower difficulty so you're able to see more than a minute. <laughs> I should do that. Maybe that's the problem. My difficulty's too high, and uh, I can only... The difficulty is too damn high. I don't know. I'm. I'll probably give it another shot this week and see if I can get it working properly. But I don't. I don't feel like spending hours trying to solve whatever the problem is. But I'll give it another shot this week and see if I can get it working. But I mean, really, that's all I have to say. It crashes within a minute of launching every time that I try to launch it, no matter what basic troubleshooting steps I've taken. Yay. So you got that going for you. Which, yeah. Oh, wait, that's not nice. And like I said, I'm pretty confident that it's not the game specifically. Just like, 
I just happened to have, you know, won the lottery or lost the lottery, however you want to look at it, and just have an incompatible, um, some kind of incompatible hardware configuration or potentially some weird driver issue. Okay, okay. What, what we're going to have to do for you to be able to play this game, we're going to have to sacrifice the chicken. So go down to KFC and get a bucket. Okay. Then sit in your chair and eat it before trying again. Okay. I think you like this idea now. <laughs> I mean, I'm all, I'm always down for going to KFC. I could just go to my parents' farm and get a live chicken. I could sacrifice a chicken that way, too. Which one would be more yeah, beneficial? That's a, oh, that sounds too messy. Okay. All right. I'll sacrifice a bucket of chicken on the altar of getting my game to work. Anyways, that's the the games we played this week. Well, hooray for that. Means it's time to... Unless, do you need to grab anything? Uh, no, I'm uh, still on the dredges of tea, and it seems to help. Anyway, it's time now for the news. Good news! I went on the internet this week, and I found this. Let's talk about loot boxes uh, going forward in 2018. So we have four separate news articles, and two of them are kind of linked, and then the other two are kind of linked. Um, so rather than having four individual topics, we're just going to see where we're at with with the evolution of loot boxes going forward into 2018. And yeah, this is just a perfect storm because... It's that time of year where all the financial info starts coming out, and loot boxes are a part of this, right. like it or not. So which one do you want to go for first? Uh, Just... Well, let's uh, talk about them in industry first with uh, Battlefront, or or with, uh, I should say, the uh, Activision Blizzard, uh, uh, their absurd amount of money they made through microtransactions. Yep. So in 2017, the or the fiscal 2017, Activision Blizzard made about seven billion dollars total from all of their properties and revenue from everything, and four billion, which is a little more than half, it's like sixty percent roughly, came from loot boxes. Uh, and, well, came from microtransactions, including loot boxes. And yeah, which one of the bi- uh, biggest money makers? was in-game uh, purchases of loot boxes and Overwatch, which is just fucking mind-blowing to me. Yeah. I just, I knew that they made money. I knew that they made a lot of money, but I didn't know that they made this much money. You didn't know they made all the money. Yeah. Or, or, or over half the money, I guess I should say. Yeah. Because that is just, that's just fucking absurd. Yeah. Four billion dollars from loot, from microtransactions. It's when with uh, Overwatch specifically, cosmetics and loot. Yeah, well, it's not that difficult to get loot boxes in Overwatch, isn't it? Except no. for the seasonal stuff. Yeah, aside from the seasonal stuff, which it doesn't break it down in this article. Probably we just don't, you know, the public doesn't have access to that specific of information. But I bet there's huge bumps every time the seasonal stuff comes around. Because there's people who Which is who why will, they do it. Yeah, there's people who will spend thousands of dollars to get all of the stuff from the loot boxes for the, for the seasonal whatever. And even if you're just somebody who's trying to get, you know, a costume for one character, you have to spend money until you get that costume for your one character and then you're done. And it might take you a long time to, to... but yeah. in in a game like overwatch where it's just caught, Oh, this website is asking me to turn suddenly popped up asking me to turn off my ad blocker. No, no, you're not getting that. Um, but anyway. Yeah, sorry, this was uh, one of the few sites that I found that had an actual write-up about it, because most of the places were 
linking directly to the financial report, which maybe I should do that as well. But yeah, yeah, it's just, uh, it's just insidious, isn't it? it uh, this is why we have all the loot boxes everywhere. Yeah, because they make this much money. And this is a game where it is just the, the loot boxes are purely cosmetic. There's no anything that you get out of them that assists your gameplay in any way. But that just goes to prove how important cosmetics are to people. How looking a certain way is important. Companies are exploiting that to make just money hand over fist. Do you think we're old? Maybe I'm old. <laughs> I'm old. I can't quite. I'm like, I'm like at that 95% mark with getting over my illness. I can't quite do that with my voice without it hurting. It's just, God, did you see this week's Jimquisition? Uh, no, I hadn't uh, watched it yet. So he, Jim Sterling makes the argument based on these reports that have been coming out that all AAA games should be free because of how much money they make just strictly off. Which well, was an interesting <laughs> argument I haven't heard before because he was the video title is "Game Shouldn't Cost Sixty Dollars Anymore" and I was like, okay, he's maybe he's directly addressing some uh, things some people have said. Well, well extra credits uh, was uh, uh, taking the counterpoint where uh, because of inflation, how uh, the uh, game's budget has uh, just shot up like a, a rocket, that games should be a lot more expensive. But then they completely ignore the fact that the games industry is a lot bigger and their sales numbers are a hell of a lot bigger. Yeah. I mean, I would be okay. I think we've had this conversation before, probably more than once. Honestly, I would be okay if games cost more, if they got rid of all the bullshit, but they're not going to get rid of all the bullshit unless something happens. So I thought, I I thought that was rather interesting that he said that all play games should be free. <laughs> if they're going to, go with this whole games as service model. Yeah, which he also uh, did another video on that I did see earlier. Yeah, I saw that one too. And then he put out another one because the it's one of the articles that we're going to talk about. The Ubisoft CEO and CFO mm -hmm. talked about some stuff and mentioned this whole games as service thing. And he's like, sometimes, he's like, I'm always right. But sometimes <laughs> they give me the generous gift of proving it on the same day. But yeah, just... All the money. I mean, we could go directly into that and come back to this in a little bit because uh, I mean, they're talking about how they would have focused on uh, Assassin's Creed Origins and not really make games anymore. They, uh, I want to go almost the Steam route only uh, uh, with uh, Assassin's Creed Origins and um, have it be a continuous revenue cycle. It's yeah. just, do, are people that enamored with Assassin's Creed? Or, or this particular Assassin's Creed? A lot of people are. Uh, I've heard many, many people on gaming podcasts and things say that it's one of the best Assassin's Creed ever. And are comparing it to everyone's favorite, which is Assassin's Creed 2. Well, it's so, not my favorite, but I haven't played it, so. I I actually personally preferred Assassin's Creed 3, which a lot of people hate. It. But anyway, Assassin's Creed I've uh, really spent enough time on was uh, the first one. And I absolutely hated it. I keep meaning to go back and play uh, Assassin's Creed 4 uh, because I do have it uh, when they gave it away. It just uh, couldn't really get into it at the time. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, they're talking about wanting to make the Assassin's Creed game a... They're not saying games of service anymore. They're calling it, what, service-driven or something like that? Yeah. 
yeah, they're uh, essentially trying to change the name because uh, Games as Service has uh, kind of gotten uh, poisoned <laughs> with uh, you know how that's been treated. Yeah, but it's the same basic idea. Live services that in the article. My you know my primary problem with live services as a gaming model, and it's not even you know <laughs> uh, this insidious nature that we're talking about where. All the psychological tricks to try to get people to pay money, uh, you know, uh, the carrying the stick, that sort of thing. Not even all that. What happens when the servers go down? I mean, primarily, when the game shuts down. Yeah. How, how much, if any, of the game will be playable? Especially with the game starting to get bounced more and more for these services. Yeah. I, I agree that that is both a, a problem and a question that we're going to be asking for a while but i just i don't think there's any way around it that's the way that technology is taking us in general not just games and gaming and the gimmicks and all that shit that's tied into it i that's just where technology is going in how do we end up in the bad future i'm okay with most games being online sort of deals there there is an issue with games preservation there's no argument against that but as just a general games consumer and player, there are very few games that I stick with for long periods of time. And yeah, I mean, for me, it's uh, my games are Warframe, Euro Truck, and Spin Tires that I yeah spend a fair amount of time with. Yeah, I tend to nomadic may be the wrong word, but it also might be the right word. I tend to have like one or two fallback games that I come back to. One- and then I'll just play a game for weeks, and then I'm done with it, and I'll never play it again. Eve uh, begs to differ on that. Well, yeah, but, I mean, World of Warcraft 2, I haven't played WoW in about a year. I keep coming back to WoW. but I haven't played World of Warcraft in about eight. <laughs> but, I mean, not. I'm not saying that we shouldn't talk about it, I'm not saying that we should just forget about it because that's not how you should approach anything in life but with just the way that technology is going and by and large how most people play video games i mean there's very few games that last for years and years and years and years anyways so i can see why they want to do it and i can see where it makes sense from a business standpoint like i said there's definitely problems with both games preservation and that small percentage of people will one day when the servers shut down just be screwed and not be able to play their game anymore but or or not even just that i mean well it wasn't really a news topic but uh anno uh 2070 was having a uh, server authorization issues for several days and that's not that old a game so uh, i've realized that's more on the drm side of things but that's kind of the same idea here where this games as service or whatever they want to call it is pushing a sort of DRM to try to incentivize uh, people to play a legit model, but at the same time, uh, if the servers start having issues, you're going to start have to deal with them. And What do you consider old in terms of like technology? I just looked up 2070. You said it's not that old, but it's... I, I don't think it was that old. Roughly Green, a seven-year-old I, 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 game. I, I, granted, I start to lose track of the Anno games because they... You know, it's Anno number number. So, I, I would say if, uh, if 
five is probably a good cutoff or, or you know, starting to get aged with, uh, so yeah, maybe it's a lot older than what I was thinking. Uh, for some reason, I was thinking uh, Anno was the the was a lot newer than that. Well, there's the the newer Anno, which is what twenty two something. Uh, pretty much the Annos are always uh, equal nine. So Anno twenty two oh five. Oh shit! It does equal nine. I didn't know that. <laughs> just blew your fucking mind. It just I? blew my mind. But yeah, Anno 2205 came out in 2015, so it's not even three years old yet. Yeah, see, I didn't. I, I was uh, swapping those two because I knew there was a new, uh, you know, a pretty recent Anno, and I couldn't remember which one was which. And I balked on getting a 2070 because it still has that online authorization. And even if you're playing single player, a lot of your progression is based on the online side of things, and if you have issues or if the servers are down you lose uh, your progression in game you're not able to do some of the stuff and i don't trust ubisoft servers yeah i don't know how much the, there's definitely some progression that happens while you're gone but games have also used system clocks to do that stuff before too although it's ubisoft who might be connected to the server somehow <laughs> but anyways yeah i i mean i guess that is more of a carrot uh, a carrot for drm to you know try to make uh, an on always online or pseudo always online a little bit more palatable uh to have it tied into a progression and uh, have it where as time progresses uh, in real life it, it does help but at the same time it still makes me balk because I, I i just don't trust these major game companies anymore yeah but anyways we got kind of sidetracked from our original yeah our original discussion there um where do we want to step back on to the the train? Uh, uh, sh- uh well, we have uh, loot boxes uh, being considered gambling. <laughs> right. Okay. We can just advance it. Um. Yeah. So Sweden, uh, has said that they're going to be looking into loot boxes a lot more. Could be yeah. classified yeah, as gambling. Sweden of all people. I mean, or countries. I guess I should say because countries aren't people. Uh, but. Yeah, Sweden was one that wasn't really in the mix last year for uh, the call-out against uh, loot boxes. Yeah. It, it, remember if it serves correctly. But yeah, they're going to be taking a closer look at things. I mean, th- this just shows just how much EA's fucked up, doesn't it? Yeah. They, they got Sweden pissed. Yeah, historically the most just... neutral country ever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that takes a special uh, level of incompetence. Yeah, it looks like there was some kind of report that was made about young people in Sweden spending thousands of their, oh, their no. money on uh, on loot boxes and other adult gamers describing some of their habits as addictions, which has prompted authorities to say that they're take a closer look at it. Yeah, which uh, gambling addiction is a thing. It is indeed. I mean, there's been studies about, uh, about it. It's kind of the inverse of uh, the outcry for uh, controlling violence in video games when there's been no evidence about that. But gambling in video games, holy shit. Yes, and when I said report before, it was a Swedish uh, radio news program that that did this. And then that prompted the government to say, oh, we're prepared to take a... So, just what I said might have been confusing because I was thinking back at it in my head. And I was like, that might have been confusing the way I said it, so... (laughs) <laughs> let me just derail here for three seconds to explain or 30 seconds anyways yeah 
Sweden joining the ranks of a couple of other European countries along with, it was Australia, right? The, uh, the non-European so. country who was saying that they were going to take a look at it. And also in the United States, Hawaii uh, is taking a look at it. They've introduced two bills to be discussed uh, or to be put up for legislation that deal with loot boxes. The first... Well, um, actually, there's four. Oh, there's four. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's two pairs there's of bills. There's two pairs one, of bills. One uh, pair of bills, uh, House Bill 2686 and Senate Bill 3024, uh, if you want to go look these up in uh, Hawaii, would prohibit the sale of any game featuring a system where players can purchase a randomized reward using real money to anyone younger than the age of 21. Yep, that would be devastating to the industry if that and it's hawaii hawaii is ranked in the top three most liberal states in the united states yeah it might it might it has a chance yeah and here's the other uh uh pair uh house bill 2727 and senate bill 3025 would require video game publishers to prominently label games considered containing such randomized purchases purchase systems as to close the probability rates oh sorry as well as disclose the probability rates of receiving each loot box reward yep the (laughs) so what they did was they fucked with somebody who plays video games (laughs) yeah exactly because the state rep uh chris lee says that he grew up playing video games and basically thinks this is bullshit i mean he didn't say that because he's a politician but you know you read between the lines and well his uh uh, press conference uh he was not pleased no he was not i would almost bet money that the second pair the one that requires uh proper labeling and probability rate disclosure i would almost guarantee that one's gonna pass the other one uh that prohibits the sale of games featuring loot boxes to people younger than 21 that one's a, a little bit more iffy but, I mean, like I said, it, if it's going to pass anywhere, it's either going to be Hawaii or Massachusetts. I would say California would also be a good... Oh, yeah, uh, California. Those would be the three states where that it has the highest probability of passing, and it landed in one of them. Yeah. So... And, uh, well, the problem with uh, po- them posting uh, odds is that loot boxes tend not to have a set odd. They have internal timers. They have streaks they have it where they try to all right yeah incentivize people to open more of them granted this isn't a blanket system every game is different which is also a problem with trying to deal with loot boxes but it's going to make it where you know those pity timers that that increase the odds if you go some along without opening something good or you know make up make it less likely to open up a lot of good stuff in one go are going to either be very difficult to uh, to put out the odds or going to have to go away and be set odds like the fucking gambling industry. Yep. I mean, there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes with the loot boxes that the gambling industry is looking at like, how the fuck did we not get away with this? Yeah. I, at some point I, I'm, I'm I'm almost certain at some point somewhere, government regulations are gonna. I think that that uh, Battlefront Two with EA was the straw that broke the camel's back, 
and now governments are involved. And regardless of how you feel about it, regardless of how I feel about it, it's going to happen somewhere. And whenever it does, it's going to trigger a, a cascade and it'll start happening in lots of places. I'm honestly surprised to see that it's gotten this far in the States already. Um, yeah, really. And this is going to be one of those weird things because of how the United States operates that I don't know how it's going to get resolved if one or both of these, because I mean, I suppose it's possible for them to earmark shipments specifically going to Hawaii and design different packaging and things for that. But that would be very expensive. I would imagine it would uh, severely hurt brick and mortar sales in Hawaii because game uh, companies wouldn't want to deal with it. That could also be a possibility. Uh, That's probably, I don't know which one's more likely, honestly. Uh, well, let's put it this way. Let's put it this way. Let's take a game company almost at random, Blizzard. Blizzard was having to deal with exactly what the second uh, set of bills were was dealing with, posting their odds of loot boxes in China. What did they do? They redesigned the entire fucking system to get around it in a loophole. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember that. The question is, though, would they try and do that for specifically Hawaii? Because, again, the way that states and federal governments work in the United States, things can get really weird and wonky. I suppose they could and just look for IP I would addresses coming that, out, of, out of Hawaii, but still. Well, well, I would imagine that they would try to tie this only to brick-and-mortar stores because trying to go after digital is going to be very tough. So I think, uh, yeah, bigger game companies will just take the hit and say, you know, we're not just going to send, uh, send a physical copies to Hawaii anymore and force imports or, you know, just buying the physical copy online. Yeah. Because it's real, really tough to, for the state to go after a digital sale like that. It would be interesting to see the knock-on effect, too, in the industry. It's brick-and-mortar stores, your, your game stops and whatnot. What are they going to have to say about that? I, I know they have less power in the industry now than they have in a long time, but they're still big companies. It would be interesting to see if there was some kind of lawsuit or something. And what happens if this starts, if this pro- proliferates, as many bills like this do when they pass? You'll get a few states to pass it, and then a little time passes, and then a few more will pass something similar to I it. I mean, Hawaii Hawaii's a small enough uh, in population that I think... That, uh, Game companies would be willing to, you know, just take the you know, hit. But imagine if California goes for it. Yeah, if Hawaii does this, I would bet within a, a year. It, California, Massachusetts, New York, uh, what are some other big liberal states? I mean, pretty much anywhere in the Northeast, you know, New Yeah, Jersey. well, I think it would have to be a block of the Northeast because individually they're pretty small with the exception of, you know, uh, states that have bigger c- cities, uh, New York and Massachusetts, pr- particularly. Yeah, but you know, I, and California, which is not—I I understand not in the Northeast, but a massive population. I mean, California, unless it's changed in recent months, and I haven't noticed, California is, I believe, the sixth largest economy in the world, like the state of California. So, things passing. Well, I was bringing up by uh, census, but. Uh, I mean, California's number one on uh, on uh, total population. I figured it would either be California or New York. Well, let's put it this way. Uh, the, uh, the Wikipedia list is actually very useful here. Uh, this isn't by GDP, but it's by population. Losing California is the equivalent of losing 
Poland. How, what's California's population? California's population is 37 million. Damn. I didn't realize that many people lived in California. I knew it was a lot. I, in my head, I was thinking like 30 million. So I guess I was kind of close. Well, that was the census population of April 1st, 2010. Oh, it's definitely higher a, than that now. Estimated is 39 million for uh, uh, July 1st. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, if if Hawaii passes these one or both of these bills, I mean, I'm pairs of bills, too. That's, like, where I got it mixed up in my head, I guess, because the House and the Senate version. I was just saying yeah, both Hawaii's, of those are one. Yeah, Hawaii's only 1.4 million, uh, estimated in 2017. Yeah, only. Living in the state of Tennessee, then in Hawaii. Yay, I guess. But anyways, if this passes or when this passes, I'm I'm pretty confident that the one requiring odds is going to pass. Like 99, well, 95% confident that one's going to pass. I'm a little more 50-50 on the other. Still, if this passes there, it'll set a precedent for it to start passing similar or identical bills to start passing in other states. And you'll see the liberal states go first, California. Um, and eventually this, this sort of, I guess, more moderate states or the states that could go they go either way, depending on those will start to get picked up. And by that point, there'll be enough support that if someone on the national stage proposes, proposes things like this, they can get it passed. And then even shitty states like Tennessee and West Virginia can have consumer protect in like a decade at best. Uh, what, you, you think uh, my state's going to advance that quickly? Come on, we're still trying to be coal-powered here. Although we do have a couple of, of new... I didn't even realize that my state's more popular than Hawaii. Not by much, but but it is. So, yeah. Loot boxes and government and video games. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I can't bl- really blame the industry for wanting to go for loot boxes because it it's essentially a free revenue stream, but it's just so, so predatory. It's honestly, I think it's the money like this, this year or 2017, the year of the loot box swinging all the way back around to the blizzard article, $4 billion in microchips. And that's just Activision blizzard. Yep. Which they do have a mobile division as well, which yeah, does account for some of it, but not all of it. Yeah. And I mean, when you start seeing companies and industry really have that much turnover, governments are going, oh, taxes. We should get in here and regulate this a little. I mean, I, I'm sure that there are people, and I think your first people that are really going to um, gonna blow the whistle on this sort of thing, um, like congressman from Hawaii or the, what's his name? Uh, Chris, uh, Chris Lee or yeah, uh, Representative uh, Chris Lee. Yeah, yeah. I just keep thinking Christopher Lee. Yeah, people like guy. people like that who are sort of championing the torch at the beginning. Like he, it at the very least was a gamer as a kid, and he's got a, a passion for it. And he's looking at this, and he's the one who's raising the issue, going, "This is wrong. This is bad." And other politicians are going to go, "Huh? What's that?" billions of dollars and potential tax <laughs> revenue. Uh yeah, yeah, this is really bad. Let's let's get some money off of this. Yeah, we could build a wall with this. You know they could. They could build a wall with all of the loot box revenue. I feel really bad now. I yeah. Don't, I don't want to play video yeah. games ever again. I I I just thought of something. What? How how we're going to solve both issues, the wall and loot boxes. Okay. 
I think I know we where you're going the wall with this. But go with ahead. loot boxes. <laughs> <coughs> oh, that's good. And if anyone illegal wants to get in, they have to buy a key. Actually, several keys. And maybe a green card's in one of the boxes, but it's a very low chance. But we're not going to publicize the odds. <coughs> you okay over there? Yeah. Oh. That, uh, that's probably the most racist thing we've ever said on the show. <laughs> Except for that one time I used the N-word to make a point. <laughs> what, Najir? Sure. Sure. We'll go with that. Put a timestamp. Yeah, for, it's not just me. Alright. Well, if we're done with this topic, I'm going to step over just a moment. I'm not going to go for a full uh, cup of tea, though. All right, moving on to our next topic of... There is a rumor or a a report. Yeah, yeah, this was called report, but it's based around just a couple of tweets. So I'm just going to call this more rumor than anything else. Right, the rumor that Disney slash Lucasfilms are talking with two new game developers... For the Star Wars franchise. So, I think the gist of the rumor is that not necessarily that EA would lose the license, but they would lose their exclusivity. Yeah, which is just as well, because uh, EA hasn't done a lot with it, have they? No, they've made... Since they got the the the, the deal in, what was it, 2010, 2011? Mm-hmm. They've made Battlefront and Battlefront 2, and the... A few mobile games. Uh, there's the one that's like Clash of Clans, the Star Wars Clash of Clans. There's one that's a like a MOBA uh, or defense type game. Well, actually, it's like Clash Royale. So they've got Star Wars Clash of Clans, Star Wars Clash Royale, and then Galaxy of Heroes. Yeah, which Galaxy of Heroes, it's fun for a little bit, but then it starts to get into a hell of a grind, and I quit playing it. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that's all they've done with the Star Wars license. Seven-ish gears. Yeah, way to go, EA. Yeah, I really there. I, I really I, want a Star Wars, another Star Wars real-time strategy game. We haven't one of, had one of those since um, what is it, Empire at War? Well, Star- well, we haven't even said who uh, they're considering. They are uh, talking to uh, to uh, Ubisoft and uh, Activision. Yeah. So okay, so between those two. You gotta pick uh, one. Which one are you gonna pick? And then we'll open it up since this is just what's rumored. So, I would say Ubisoft is the lesser of two evils here. Maybe. Yeah, I think so too. I would pick Ubisoft. At the very least, um, Ubisoft has got their open world climb a tower formula, and as much as that formula is played out, I could put up with it a little, little bit better if the theme was better. Sort of like uh, what was it, the Lord of the Rings game? Shadow of, of War or Shadow of Mordor, the the first one. That's so you put the Star Wars theme on basically an Assassin's Creed game. I could be down for that for a while because I mean basically you just replace the assassins with the Jedi, a, a Jedi, and you've got a game or a bounty hunter something like that. I could I could live with that. Activision is basically first person shooters at this point. I mean that's their bread and butter. We've already got two battle. I mean, if they're not, if they're not World of Warcraft, which they already have, nice uh, the Old Republic out, so they'll luckily shut that down. Yeah, I have heard rumors that the Old Republic is on. Like, I, yeah, I read which, it, a uh, couple of rumor pieces. Which wouldn't surprise me. Uh, I'm, I mean, it hasn't seen much of uh, of support lately, has it? No, it had. It, it gets like one 
release or like one expansion every two years and the most recent one came out in 2017 but it looks like all they've done in the months following the release is just mess with the microtransaction system so there's quite a bit of speculation that this is going to be their last release they'll keep the game going until it starts bleeding and then they'll shut it down don't know though. that's all speculation but uh yeah out of those two i think ubisoft would be the better pick but I mean, you know, this is all. Even though I'm not sure if it's uh, really a, uh, a fitting pick anyway, because Star Wars typically is a lot bigger scope than what Ubisoft does. Yeah. Um. So if they were, if you could choose the developer that got handed the Star Wars license, who would you choose and why? First uh, pick, Obsidian. They they have history with Star Wars uh, with uh, Knights of the Old Republic too, but my uh, caveat is. Obsidian, and you give them some fucking time with the game. Because it seems like every single time Obsidian gets a, a third-party game, uh, they're rushed somewhere by the publisher. Yeah. Obsidian would be a good pick. Um, how do you... This is not my choice, but when you said Beth- Obsidian, I thought of this. How do you feel about Bethesda having it? Uh, I don't know, because Martin Bethesda is iffy. And Bethesda's never exactly been exact uh, a bug-free developer, so they could make it work, but they're even smaller scope usually than uh than Ubisoft, and that was my problem with Ubisoft for you know just putting Star Wars on their you know trademark uh, you know style of game. Yeah, well, my two thoughts for suggesting or asking about Bethesda were one their open world RPG form and two they're not a good like they're not free of shit but so far they have stayed away from the microtransaction loot box issue Uh, I I was about to say they haven't stayed away from the microtransaction issue but the loot box yeah sure when you say microtransaction you mean uh, their what is it the creator club or whatever yeah Uh, my pick would be Firaxis because like I was just saying, I want a new Star Wars strategy game. And the last one that we had was uh, Empire at War. Which, I mean, that was a real-time strategy. Firaxis is more known for turn-based strategy. But, I mean, I I wouldn't mind a turn-based Star Wars strategy game. Uh, not necessarily like uh, X-Wing or whatever. You know, the conversion of the tabletop down. That's not exactly what I mean. But, you know, something like uh, Galactic Civilization. Except with... Uh, Star Wars. Okay, how about one up you since you want your strategy? Paradox. Okay, yep. <laughs> <laughs> I just sold you with one word there now. Yeah, that's uh that's a pretty good pretty good one. Because Paradox tends to go a lot deeper with their strategy games. Yeah, they do. With like Stellaris and stuff. <laughs> Stellaris, uh Europa, uh Crusader Kings. They tend to go a little crazy with the DLC. I wonder how a major property like Star Wars in that environment, because those are very much more niche games. The reason I went with Firaxis is because, I mean, they're strategy games, but they're not Paradox level. Because I feel like Star Wars would have to be somewhere in the middle. Well, I was also thinking the uh, opposite side of things, and uh, going with the city skylines, and have it be a... uh, a pseudo tycoon of building up a settlement on a, <laughs> on like, yo, know, t- uh, Tatooine or something. 
you know, and having to deal with that. That would be fun. Coruscant <laughs> District Manager <laughs> Simulator. You know, in the Star Wars universe, that probably exists. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. That, that was my other thought with Paradoxes. Uh, use their uh, side of uh, uh, city management that they've gone into recently. But I would imagine for a Star Wars Paradox game, it would be a, a lot easier to get into a, a, you know, a proper tutorial system uh, where you're not sitting and watching four hours of uh, gameplay to figure out what's going on, but also have a lot deeper system yeah, uh, beyond uh, b- below it where if you want to dive into it, but just think of uh, like a Crusaders Kings where uh, d- set during the old uh, Republic where you're that would be fun. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, d- uh, different roles that you could set up where you're going between plans ha- uh, and dealing <clears> with stuff, uh, you know, set up, uh, be a traitor or even, a, you know, a Jedi prince and try to race through the ranks and, you know, not get killed by the Sith. Another good studio that I think could take a crack at it. It's much, much smaller studio. It'll never happen. Larian, the people who make Divinity. Uh, you have them do the RPG. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the combat system in Divinity is lovely yeah, that and would so actually, in-depth. You could do a lot that, with force powers in that. Yeah, that would uh, transition really well to force powers. And then I've, you know, I think we've talked about it before. Divinity Original Sin has supposedly a lot more of a polished game in terms performance and bug issues just because it's their second time around with that engine so you know if they can do in-depth storytelling along the f- the lines of uh the first third of divinity divinity 2 if it's a better story since it's their second, without the performance issue and with that combat system that'd be a great rpg in, in the star wars universe i'd be down for that would you want it to be uh, uh knights of the old republic or uh you know uh, three or do you want it to be its own uh string um i think i'd want I think it would, to be its own I, yeah i think it would be better if they didn't continue the story i mean they could set it during the old republic era that's fine but don't make it connected to kotor yeah at best yeah you know, a few references maybe a character shows up here or there and that's it yeah i i'd like to see a game set between um episode six and seven in, in the new canon, an RPG set in there. Because there's a lot of stuff that happens, even where you have to read between the lines if you've read the books, which I've read some of the books. There's a lot of stuff that goes on. Wasn't that when uh, the original MMO was set? Uh, Galaxies? Yeah. I think Galaxies was set between episodes four and five. Okay, may- uh, yeah, sorry. I, I was losing <coughs> track of when Galaxies was. You're right. <laughs> I can't remember when it was exactly, which uh, even Galaxies, uh, they really uh, dropped the ball on that. Yeah, uh, I'm just going to look because I want to. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I, I just was misremembering which uh, which movies. Okay. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I could probably rattle off a couple other devs that would make good games. But the thing is, is it's never going to happen. They're going to look at Ubisoft, Activision. Yeah, they're going to go for the big, uh, uh, the, well, the big publishers, and yeah, you know, the publishers will hand hand uh, to the developers because it's not going to be Ubisoft uh, directly. It's going to be one of their subsidiaries. It's not going to be Activision directly, most likely. I sure hope not. But yeah, one of the dev, uh, studios that they handle. 
And that's, uh, yeah, where I was going with uh, Paradox was, you know, they have a, a fair number of devs that they work with. Yeah. What are the biggest, not to get too far off, but I'm just trying to think of any other really big publishers. Like, well, big, that's the problem is that. Because, I mean, there's it, it, EA, Ubisoft, Activision, right? Those are the biggest game publishers aside from maybe like Sony. I mean, if you want to get technical, Valve would be the biggest. But, yo, that's, yo not quite what you're asking. Yeah. And, and Valve doesn't make games anymore. No, they don't. But They make hats. But yeah, I can't think of any other, like, really, really ginormous publishers. I mean, there's there's pl- plenty of big publishers, but not on the level of EA, Ubisoft. And really, Ubisoft and is the trailing they're... one out of that, th- out of that uh, trio there. Yeah, well, they've been fighting off a hostile takeover for how many years now? Yeah. They're the Rebel Alliance, which makes sense because the Rebel Alliance were just a bunch of terrorists. <laughs> what? Uh, the Empire did nothing wrong? Empire for the win. Imperial supporter. Rebel scum. <clears throat> I wish there was a way to organize this list on Ubisoft. Not on Ubisoft. On Wikipedia <laughs> by, uh, I don't know, revenue or... Yeah, yeah. the problem is that you start to get a uh, lot smaller uh, companies popping up because they're the, you know, the bigger ones that draw a lot of revenue like Telltale keeps popping up. Yeah. Which Telltale Star Wars I'm not sure if that would work. I could I could I go mean, for a Telltale I mean, could, Star Wars game. It could, but yeah. You know, it, it would be part of a novel. Yeah. I mean, typically Star Wars is a it's kind of the inverse problem of Ubisoft. It's usually a bigger story than what uh, Telltale would uh, have unless they go multiple seasons. And then there's no guarantee that you'll get all the story because of the seasons. And then would and here's the problem. Here's the problem in all of this is that supposedly Disney is fucking anal about Star Wars and having things look right. So having Telltale uh, do a story where player choice happens, that would be very, very tough for them. Okay, so according to this list, which was released in early 2017 the top 10 largest video game publishers by revenue sony tencent holdings which is a chinese Mm company microsoft nintendo activision electronic arts namco bandai king digital entertainment ubisoft and gung-ho on that's a japanese company yeah none of those i really want (laughs) But the thing is that Disney won't look beyond, you know, the top because, yeah, you know, they're Disney. They don't want to deal with uh, the smaller companies. Can you imagine how much it would blow their fucking mind if they went to Lorian? Yeah. Uh, uh, well, they probably would think of it as a joke. <laughs> yeah. No, really, who are you? <laughs> I would, honestly, what I want to happen is that they do or Larry, sort of, I should say. Do sort of what the Warhammer series does, or did for a while with their license. Just give it to a bunch of people. Make a big list of their top developers and just negotiate deals. I mean, yeah, you get Ubisoft That's making a game and a... Activision, but you know, you might get a Bethesda, you might get, um, you might That's get a Telltale. That's a good idea. You need somewhere in the middle because Warhammer had a problem where they put out too many games and too many of them were shit that they are kind of bargain bin. Well, that's what I'm saying, though. Warhammer just was like, who wants our license? Take it. Make games. We need good games. I'm saying they should make a list of, I don't know, their 
10 best deals or five best companies or what. And I mean, give especially it to considering these something uh, further down on our docket. Yeah. But, you know, give it to <laughs> give it to that list of companies and just have them make games. Because, I mean, we haven't gotten very – I mean, like we just said, in the last seven years, we've gotten like five Star Wars titles and three and of them have of been them mobile. Were, yeah. Yeah, most of them were mobile. That's ridiculous. So – we need we need more. I mean, I realize uh, game development takes time, but at the same time, EA has <clears> more than one development house. And to be fair, they also kind of can one of their development houses that was working on a Star Wars title. Or, or they are reworking it, so that, you know, it, uh, it's more in line with industry standards. Uh, if, and that noise you heard was just all the uh, soul being sucked out of that game. Well... I'm getting kind of sad thinking about the, all the good games we're never going to have because they're not going to do any of that. They're going to pick for Ubisoft or something like that, and that'll be that. And they won't obviously they won't pick Sony or Microsoft. Sony or Microsoft probably won't uh, something that's not an ex- uh, and uh, be console exclusive for <clears throat> for Microsoft console slash PC. <clears throat> so, you know that kind of throws them out immediately. Nintendo, yo, uh, Nintendo's off doing their own things like. What's a Star Wars? <laughs> Just think, though, a Nintendo Star Wars game. There's some weird old Japanese Star Wars games that were for, like, Sega. And there's one, I can't remember the uh, name the of Super it. Star, uh, the Super Star Wars Adventures. That, that was, uh, that was uh, Side Scrollers. Yeah. There's yeah, one where, like, Darth... of the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. And Darth Vader in one of them turns into, like, a scorpion monster. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's it. a bird. Like, there's some weird ones out there. Also known as Japanese. Yeah, there's some Japanese ones out there. That's racist. We're being racist again. We got two. We've been racist <laughs> twice on this show, on this episode. Maybe three times. We're off to a good start. All right. I think it's it's time to to move on. Would you agree? Yeah, I think so. So, uh, yeah. Speaking of things that kind of depress us, uh, microtransactions again. <laughs> Yay. Sea of Thieves is getting microtransaction pets a few months after launch. So, this is a bit of an awkward transaction, but we, or transition, but we felt like the Star Wars news was it to the first discussion with EA up there so much. Uh, this is so, a pseudo-continuation, though, of loot boxes in 2018, because <coughs> uh, post-Battlefront 2, lots and lots and lots of companies are dancing around microtransactions and loot boxes and saying, no, no, saying, we're not no, going to... No, no loot boxes. Yeah. So what Sea of Thieves is done, and I'm going to paraphrase this article, the sort of bits of the interview that... But basically they're saying, no, no, we're going to release a game with no loot boxes, no microtransactions. We're going to make sure it's good. We're going to take a couple of months to make sure that it's going to be great. All of our future updates are going to be free. And in a few months, once our, this turns into a service instead of a launch... Uh, then we're going to put in some microtransactions for pets. But don't worry. You can get most of them uh, just by doing stuff in the game. But if you want to guarantee that you get the right pet whenever you want it, you have to buy it. But don't worry. The pets don't do anything to affect the gameplay. It's just a fun thing that's an accessory, and you can do some fun, silly stuff with it, but it won't give you any boosts. Don't worry. No, you can't yeah, buy power. Cosmetic. Only co- it's purely cosmetic. Yeah, they're essentially taking. Uh, this is going to be a bad uh, uh, comparison to it, but what World of Warcraft used to do when uh, they would release certain mounted stuff in their uh, store, 
not have the uh, charity option for it as well, but uh, be where certain things appear in the store only, and you could also trade them because they did uh, mention the tradable uh, tradability of them. Yeah. Oh, but um, yeah, and we've seen this from other companies going forward as well. Uh, in the year, I've seen uh, Ubisoft has talked about it with Far Cry Five. And even in that article we mentioned earlier, they're saying, oh, no, we're going to lean more on cosmetics. We're giving players choices. They don't have to worry about whether or not there's going to be any any buying power or making, you know, it's all going to be cosmetic stuff. It's all going to be silly side stuff. We're going to give you all of everything else for free. All You get all the updates for free. Like, that's... Yeah, I think they've seen just where this leads with EA and uh, Battlefront. And they've seen the backlash and they want no part of it, which can't blame them yeah i didn't we mention this last week that battlefront undersold by two million units on its projection which it still sold a shit ton of copies i mean it still sold seven and a bit million copies uh but they were expecting it to sell 10 million by that point in time yeah so i mean that's i mean they screwed up so bad that they couldn't sell star wars yeah yeah and so all of these other companies have taken notice and they're being very very clear about the fact that all of their loot boxes and microtransactions are purely cosmetic, purely player choice, doesn't affect the game in any way, which is still bullshit because as you know, as we just discussed earlier, four billion dollars in microtransactions and loot boxes for fueled by cosmetic DLC. Yeah. Or cosmetic loot boxes, I should say. And it still affects things. Does it affect pure gameplay elements? Possibly not, not but, probably not. Well, 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 here's the thing. Here's the thing is that it really depends on what the cosmetics are and what the game is because... Yeah, that's what I was about to get to. Like in a game like Overwatch, not so much because there's no sort of progression outside of just you're ranking yourself up. But in well, a game well, with an economy... More visibility. Oh, okay. Uh, just pure visibility because, well, let, let's, uh, let's make a PUBG. You know... Pulling a uh, loot box and getting a bright orange vest, that's going to impact your gameplay. That's true. That would, well, that should make you easier to spot. Yeah. Uh, Assuming, you know, the game uh, works properly. It's a little bit uh, iffy there, but, yeah, in theory, a cosmetic can impact your gameplay depending on the game. So uh, that's why I was going with that. Yeah. Where uh, a more slow paced, uh, pseudo stealth or stealth e game like PUBG, uh uh having a cosmetic that allows you to blend in uh, and you you know if you ignore all the memes where for some reason the mini skirts are thousands of dollars so no outside of mini skirts uh but that's where cosmetics can impact things overwatch is a sort of another example of this granted it's a lot faster pace and a lot closer action so it's not as big a thing. I remember back in my TF2 days, uh, there uh, a lot of uh, the snipers and a lot of the spies would, uh, well, the good ones would try to show off and get as loud a cosmetics as possible. But then there would be the yeah the sneaky stabby type that would go for very subtle, very. Uh, dark cosmetics. Use paint, which was another consumable cosmetic thing that you get a few more bucks to try to make themselves blend in more. 
So, you know, that's where cosmetics do make a difference. Yeah. <clears throat> and where I understand partly where, you know, this $4 billion is coming from. Yeah, I mean, I've spent money on cosmetics in games, both Warframe and here recently, Elite Dangerous. Um, it, you know, Elite... I think Elite is another pretty good example of this games-as-service idea. Um, you buy it once, and, I mean, you do have to buy their sort of seasons, but the seasons are a year worth of updates and contents and things. But, I mean, outside of that, their only monetization is just cosmetics. And I, you know, every once in a while, I'll peruse the store, and I've bought three or four things in the last few months. Like, I bought a purple purple engine colors, and green lasers, and a couple of other things. And it was, like, six bucks total that I spent. But still, like... I like cosmetic things. Like, that, to me, makes my experience better, because I like the fact that I have purple engines and green pew-pews. You have green pubes? Green. You may want to see, you, you may want to <laughs> see a doctor about that. I, I should. I really should. Um, so, cosmetics matter in games. Maybe, I think they matter less than good gameplay and potentially good storytelling, depending on what type of gaming, but people care in these games where you can customize things. They care about cosmetics. You know, Warframe is called, you know, is jokingly referred to as fashion frame for a reason because people care about what their characters look like, whether you're as gaudy and as awful as I am when I make things bright pink and purple and blue and Oh God, my eyes. Yeah. Yeah. My Warframes aren't nearly as gaudy as yours. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, however you tackle that, or however you go about it, like, there's tons of cosmetic options to... So, cosmetics matter. Cosmetics matter a lot to people. Yeah, so maybe, you know, that uh, 4 billion is a little bit more understandable, but, you know, Roblox crates, really? Yeah, and going back to the, the Sea of Thieves thing, they've said that the pets, while they don't have any, like, impact on game play per se uh they say you know you they want you to be able to dick around with them and that you can shoot the animals out of your cannons and they'll come back to you and they'll interact with people on your ship and can provide other fun and funny entertaining things which to be fair what is a pirate without his animal very true very true so you know regardless of which one you care about getting or whatever like it does it does matter so all of that in a roundabout way to say that companies are trying to be very careful right now to tiptoe around this issue. Yeah, they, uh, they're they trying to avoid waking the sleeping monster that EA just smacked over the head. Yeah, they're waiting for it to go back to sleep. I'd say 2018 and maybe 2019 will continue to see this behavior. And as long as no legislation is passed during that time, Mid to late 2019, we'll start to see ramp up again. You know, I, this uh, isn't uh, quite, uh, well, uh, pertinent, but uh, do you think this is the reason why Anthem has been delayed to such a degree? Is that they're reworking the system to try to get, uh, uh, to remove all the loot boxes or the loot box based progression? I absolutely believe that this is the reason why Anthem has been delayed. The question is, did they just delay it? to try and put it off into the future when maybe people have been lulled back down to not giving too much of a shit? Or are they actually taking some steps to try and fix it? That's the thing. Well, it all comes down to how much you trust them. And for me, well, I think they're just 
I think that they're going to do a little, let's see, a lot of column A and a little of column B. I think they'll change the loot box system a little bit to make it a little less shit. It's still going to be terrible, but they'll they'll dial it back down from Battlefront well, levels to... Well, they're also probably trying to back away from Destiny 2. Yeah. They'll, like that dumpster fire. They'll dial that down a little bit. It'll still be there, but it'll be sort of just tapping you on the shoulder every once in a while instead of in your face. And then also they'll be delaying it to allow people to... So a little bit of Anthem talk in there as well. Yep. Almost as bad as racism. <laughs> Anyways. But not nearly as bad as our next topic. No. Our next topic, Mo Yang's card game, Scrolls, uh, is shutting down for good on February the 13th, which is... They're shutting down the Elder Scrolls? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. See what you did there. Uh, uh, but shutting down on February the 13th, which is today as of recording. So if yeah, you listen to this probably, on Friday... Uh, yeah, if they're shutting it down at midnight, uh, you have a couple hours. Well, and we'll go back to, uh, through time, then you have a lot more time. Yeah, but if you're able to build a time machine, go fix some mistakes in the past. Let's get let's hop into the good universe. Unless this is a multi uh, uh, yeah universe model, so yeah, going back in time uh, creates a new timeline, and this one just continues on its doomed path. In which case, take me with you. But that's neither here nor there. Let's uh, let's talk about this so mojang's scrolls uh, and i made the joke yo know, the elder scrolls because that was really the only uh you know major publicity this game got was that bethesda screw uh well screwed but uh well, okay they did that as well but sued mojang because the name scrolls and the elder scrolls they felt were too similar for one i'm going to ask a question and i want a serious answer Whenever you talk about an Elder Scrolls game, do you say the Elder Scrolls Skyrim, or is it just Skyrim, or Oblivion, or Morrowind? No, it's just Skyrim, or Oblivion, or Morrowind. The only time I ever say the Elder Scrolls is if I'm referring to the series as a whole. Yeah, which they were specifically going after Scrolls with Skyrim, if memory serves correctly. You know, saying that was too similar. I'm going to call bullshit, but... Uh, Scrolls was a strategy slash card game, which never really seemed to take off from everything that I could tell. Have you heard anything about uh, player in this game? Not a clue. Honestly, I forgot it existed until you showed me this article. <laughs> and then I went, oh yeah, that's right, Scrolls was a thing. I never played that. Well, they actually shut down development of it a couple of years ago and said that uh, all the microtransactions were it go towards uh, running the servers and uh, hopefully until 2016. So they did get a little bit extra time. Granted, you know, that is just server upkeep and not, you know, development or uh, any patching whatsoever. So that I'm not sure if that says much for the popularity of the game. They did mention that they are looking at doing community run servers. So that is actually a very good thing uh, on Mojang's part. And I do applaud him for that. Because usually when these games uh, just uh, you know, die off, you know, they're gone forever. Yeah. So it's actually unusual to see a game that is uh, offering, or at least giving the chance of community-run server. I'm, I'm trying uh, to find player numbers for Scrolls. Yeah, if Scrolls you just... was, a, uh, was essentially a lane defense game where, if memory serves correctly, granted it's been ages since I've even seen gameplay of it, and I think pretty much the only gameplay I saw of it in Total Biscuit playing it. 
was that you had to protect towers on your side while attacking towers on the other side. And you did this by summoning units onto a uh, grid and uh, sending them off and uh, controlling them. And it it was... The, the, the main things about this was, one, it was a paid-for game. It wasn't uh, in the free-to-play area, which for a card game is a pretty big blow to begin with. Second, everything that I recall, game times were very, very long, 20 to 30 minutes, which is way too long for this type of game. And there was also pro- some problems with... Uh, uh, balance and supposedly there was some very questionable tra- how they handled post-launch uh, uh, balance changes. So it's not surprising that the game didn't do that well, but the fact that there was really no publicity for it was kind of a death, uh, you know, a death deal. Yeah, it held on for a long time though. Yeah, it held on for longer than I would expect. Honestly, I you know I forgot about it as well until you know I saw this article pop up. I knew it was out. But yeah, I knew it was also out of development. There's no reason to really dive into it. Yep. Still looking for player numbers. Can't find any. Because <laughs> uh, if you I just mean, type scrolls player numbers, you get player numbers for the Elder Scrolls games. Yeah, I would imagine that you wouldn't really find them because it wasn't a Steam game to begin with, which that usually is the most transparent uh, digital uh, player numbers. Because that, that's also a problem was that it was never on Steam, as far as I know or really any other third-party sites. It was Mojang's model of uh, running it through their own services. And it worked for Minecraft, but it didn't work here. Yeah, I give up. I'm not... We'll, we'll go with I'm gonna, three. I'm going to quit looking for player numbers. <clears throat> there were three players, and two of them quit. This is probably going to be one of those games that'll have, like, a few thousand people who are, like, really dedicated. will keep it going uh, using either the community public service thing that <coughs> they're planning on patching or someone will just figure it out themselves. Yeah, which honestly, maybe this could see a resurgence if they uh, yeah, release the game for free community servers and allow the community to handle uh, the uh, game itself. I can see it bouncing back a little bit. Yeah. Right, getting a yeah, kind of a cult follower. Yeah, I could too. What's the other Mojang game? Cobalt? Is that the space one? Oh yeah, I forgot about that one. I don't remember what it is though. I remember they were publishing two of them, but no, this is an action side scrolling. Is what Cobalt is. They were making a game. I don't know if it ever actually came out or was finished, but they were making a sort of super in-depth space engineers type game where you actually had to be able to code to do things in it. Yeah, which that's popped up a few times. Uh, you know, different ideas of uh, uh, putting coding into the game. Yeah. I don't know, it seemed interesting, but I don't know how to code, so... I used to know, like, basic... I know, up, up, down, down, left, what, different type of code? hi I used to actually know how to uh, code CSS and old-school HTML and a decade since... Jesus, it's been a decade since I took that course. <laughs> I'm getting old. Welcome to my world. That was a course I took in, in high school. Oh, fuck, now I'm old. Really old. Alright, well, let's talk about something else that is not old. That was a terrible segue. How uh, about something else that's dying off? There you go. Relic leaves Dawn of War 3 behind. 
as it moves on to new projects. So apparently the Dawn of War 3 game, the the Warhammer Dawn of War was a piece of shit. Everybody hates it. Yeah, so, which uh, I looked into this uh, trying to put on a, a few reasons why people hate it. And a lot of people were comparing it to MOBAs where there was a long time to kill for units. Even whenever there were units that were strong against one another, you know, you know, you're fighting an armored unit and you have a unit that's uh, strong against it, it would still take a long time to kill it. Yeah. You know, very mobile-esque, and supposedly the maps were pretty small. Yeah, pretty damning for an RTS. So I can <clears> see why people are pissed off about it. And this is kind of the counter-argument for uh, Disney just to say, hey, let's give everyone the license. Because, you know, Warhammer's had a very checkered history with uh, their game licenses. And it seems like the Dawn of War series may be uh, struggling now. Which, to be fair, uh, the first two... Uh, well, they're two very different games. The first Dawn of War is pretty much straight RTS, and the second one was real-time tactics. Yeah. And so, not technically an RTS. Or, I should say, in the traditional sense. It is still strategy, but not pace-building. So I can uh, see why people are very leery about going to the Dawn of War series. And to see them just drop support in under a year has to be just galling the people that bought this. Uh, this was a game I was actually interested in, but I don't buy on release. Yeah. Because you're a smart and patient and broke gamer. Yeah, I'm cheap. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, sometimes it costs me because, you know, I miss out on, you know, the experience without being uh, spoiled or, you know, that multiplayer experience is gone by the time I'm even considering a game. But, you know, times like this, you know, this saves me 60 bucks or 70 bucks or how. You miss the eight player Civ 6 match. Were you awake? Were you up during then? Because you were pretty, still was, pretty sick I, on Saturday. I was up. I saw everyone in uh, uh, Discord and, nah. I mean, uh, Civ Six did have the free weekend, but the thing is that I was not feeling to even try to learn it. Yeah, we played uh, an eight percent. Well, I mean, we didn't play the whole thing. We got like a third of the way through uh, a game of Civ Six. There were there were eight of us. Kyle is uh, winning. There's and a then, shock. And then there's like two or three of us that might win if things go our way. Uh, and then everyone else is pretty much just fucked. So in other words, uh, it's a game of Nuke Kyle. It might turn into that. Because Kyle is, he's not like way, way out in front, but he has definitely got a lead on everything except religion. And not, religion and culture, and I have both of those. My My religion is the sex perverts, and we've converted five of the eight civilizations to, or is it six of the eight, to sex perversion. Sex Why does this not surprise me? Sex Perverts is my default religion name. And then somehow I'm winning culture. I have no idea how I'm winning a culture victory. But Don't worry, I have no idea how you're cultured either. Whatever it is that I'm doing, I'm winning. I, I've gotten like a dozen, somewhere between 10 and 12 great people. Like great artists and musicians and painters. And then I don't know how I'm getting them. I don't know what I'm doing. But... Or sex perverts. That's where they are. All they make is pornography. But hey, uh, but is it por- uh, porn if it's art? Uh, but we're off topic. We are talking about sex perverts. 
Also Don't known as Jared. The episode title's not going to be Sex Pervert Thing. Mostly because you don't want really to get demonetized for the last couple of videos. Yeah, I don't really give a shit about that. I'm more uh, pissed about the situation because, yeah, not losing that much, but it's the principle of the fucking thing. Yeah. Fuckers. Um, of the principle of the thing, I, I can understand why Relic wants to drop it because it didn't hit uh, targets. But at the same time, you know, they're... <sighs> It feels like they're kind of shifting the blame, saying, well, you didn't bond, so, you know, we're not going to support it. Yeah. Which, I mean... I mean, I understand why they want to move on, but I think this may hurt them in the long run. Yeah. I mean, technically, they're not obligated to support anything. It's a gentleman's agreement. Right. And if it's, you know, if they want to pull out of it because it's not doing what they want, they do have the right to, but it is a shitty thing to do. And that always does have a knock-on effect on your uh, your audience. So yeah, and especially games down the line, which the next game up for them, unless yeah, <clears throat> they have something unannounced, is going to be Age of Empires Four. I mean, people are going to come off of uh, Dawn of War Three uh, and think, well, they screwed up the last RTS, and Company Heroes Two didn't do all that well, did it? No, I don't think so. I mean, it did all right, if I remember correctly, but it wasn't like gangbusters. Yeah, I'm just sitting here, I'm looking at their game list, and I'm trying to think of, uh, was it Company Heroes, the last game that they did? Oh, I guess technically Dawn of War. Oh, it really depends on what you consider, because uh, an expansion for Company of Heroes came out after Dawn of War 2, but then Dawn of War uh, 2 expansions came out <laughs> after that. So, But their, their last games were, let's see, well, Let's just go down the list from uh, most recent. Dawn of War 3, Company Heroes Expansions, and then Company Heroes 2. Uh, Space Marine, which had a good start, but then quickly fell off into being monotonous. And uh, with a cliffhanger ending, that's never going to be used. Because they also had uh, uh, sales issues. Dawn of War 2 Expansions, Company Heroes Online, I forgot that even existed. Which, that shut down uh, ages ago, didn't it? I didn't even know there was a company of heroes online. So, uh, sure. Uh, let's see. Companies of Heroes Online was a free MMOs, uh, RTS. So, was uh, on Wikipedia. That means it's gone. Yeah, it looks like it never saw the proper release from... Uh, yeah, it looks like it was only released in China and South Korea for a while. Which I can understand why they would release RTS in South Korea, but at the same time, it's not Star Wars. Or not, uh, so, uh, not Star Wars, not StarCraft. Actually, I wouldn't give Star Wars to Relic. Fair enough, I, guess, I suppose. Um, uh, yeah, they've been a long time since they had a really good hit. They, they've been controversial recent releases. So this is kind of another issue with them. Uh, yeah. It's just making me, you know, what's going to happen with them. They have another unannounced uh, RTS title. And they lost a lot of consumer good. I mean, people are pissed. The, the Steam uh, reviews are just hilariously negative. Yeah. In the last 30 days, only 22% of their reviews have been positive. I wonder how much of that is, you know, over uh, a week ago. Because it was announced a few days ago that this was happening. Let's see the graph. Uh, yep. Starting on... February the 7th. And Sorry, this was published? Fe February the 8th. Apologies. This February was, the 8th. This was published the 8th. Yep. Massive nosedive. Yeah, which I think a lot of people are holding out hope to uh, 
for it to be improved. No, I think fixed would be a bit extreme in this case because of some of the design choices I've seen people, but you know, improved is definitely in the realm of possibility. Let's or see. Was I should say most helpful review in the past thirty days? <laughs> in quotes. Let's just abandon this game instead of attempting to fix it and all the mistakes we made. Relic. Don't touch this game with a 10-foot pole. Get Dawn of War 1 or 2 instead. So. I, I, think the, I think the gamers are revolting. Hooray! Things get fixed when gamers <laughs> revolt. Well, not Dawn of War 3, which was a shame because it actually looked interesting until, you know... Well, to be fair, it's all the marketing. That's the thing, is that the pre-release stuff... You have to remember, it's always marketing. It's always very carefully crafted. Yeah. I mean, you can make anything look like anything. There's a YouTube channel I watch, which I can name of it right now, but they cut trailers from old movies to make them look like different types of movies. And the most recent <clears throat> one they did was Wrath of Khan, like uh, Star Trek II Wrath of Khan. And they cut it to make it look more like a uh, a Marvel trailer. And it make it gives that movie a completely different tone. <laughs> like it, you know, if you'd never seen Wrath of Khan before, you might think, "Oh, like this is a weird old Star Trek action film." I guess. So, I mean, you can make anything look like anything with enough editing, and when you get enough to control bullshit. the message, yeah, enough editing and enough bullshit, you can make anything look like anything. You don't forget bull shots. You can polish that turd. Yeah, Mythbusters proved that. <laughs> <coughs> <coughs> All right, you ready to move on to our community corner? I think so. I am going to step over just a moment. Okay. Whenever you're ready to start with our tweets, because for well, community corner this week, that's all we have, right? Is some tweets. You mean tweet? Our tweet. No, no, just the one. Tweet. Uh, we had Kimis sending in, uh, saying he would love to uh, see this on stream night. Uh, he was talking about keep talking and nobody explodes. It was on Chrono GG which is a, a deal-a-day uh, website, you know, deep discount on a particular game until they either run out of keys or, uh, you know, uh, the day's over. Uh, and it's completely legitimate, by the way. It's not, you know, th these bullshit uh, gray market sites. Yep. Um, uh, we... How many people of us have that already? I know I do. And you said you really only need one, which yeah, I guess you do. Technically, yeah, technically, if we're doing it stream night, you would only need it. Technically. Uh, looks like Cube has it. Groove. Chemist. Aki has it. Uh, Jimmy Jam does. And that's... I mean, that's not my only friend that has it. Several of us have it. I mean, we we could. I'd have to play it a little bit and work out how to do the uh, the manual. With if you can just get the PDF for it, though, somebody could just download... Or everybody could yeah, download I'm, the PDF. I mean, they, I mean, they gave out the PDF for free. Okay. I could be the bomb diffuser, and everyone on stream could yell at me and tell me how to do it. Which, isn't that the point of Twitch anyway? You know, uh, bomb on Twitch and uh, have everybody yell at you? Yeah, we could do that. I don't want to do either Spin Towers or Mudrunner as well some night. Yeah, we should. Uh, who all has Mudrunner other than Not you many. and I? I didn't see many people that had it. But to be fair, you know, it is the door version. So, uh... If you wish to help populate this section of uh, absolute dead air, <laughs> you can tweet us, VGL Podcast, on Twitter, or email us, VGLPodcast at gmail.com. Indeed. So, time for... The music? A, dis a, 
Yeah, we'll do that. On the Discovery Discover Cube. Time for the doobly doo over on the Discovery Cube. Let's see if I can get a couple of games from one <laughs> list. Okay, so first game up for me, Dynasty Warriors 9. I have heard that this is the worst Dynasty Warriors game ever. <laughs> I, how, which, how did they mess up Dynasty Warriors? It's uh, basically the same game, isn't it? They Nope. They turned it into an open world game. Sort of like a, a Ubisoft light. There's towers you have to climb and lots of running around with nothing to do. Uh, Jim Sterling posted a, a 30 minute let's play slash review of it today, which was the date the embargo lifted. <clears throat> and he's been saying that it's pretty like making hints that it's really bad for days, but he's cheeky about a lot of stuff. So I didn't think that it was like, okay, that I need to bad. go watch this. God, the, like the first, you could I- stop after about the first 10 minutes. Cause he's just spewing <laughs> how terrible it is. And then he kind of gets it all out of him. And then he just kind of mildly complains and bitches for the rest of the video. <laughs> well, but, which is also Jim Sterling. But I mean, uh, but, they ruined, essentially they ruined Dynasty Warriors. Basically, there's no more giant battles. Uh, there's occasionally... Uh, isn't, like, that, isn't that the entire fucking point of Dynasty Warriors? That's the Warriors? point, yeah. Occasionally, you run into either do missions or go to areas where that there are larger amounts of troops. But it's like dozens to maybe a couple hundred versus... Dynasty Warriors in past, it's been thousands. I mean, not literally thousands in your field of view, but like, you know, the casualty counters number in the hundreds to thousands. Because it's like, these are giant battles with two enormous armies fighting each other. It does a lot of one-on-one combat now. But still using the Dynasty Warriors sort of button-smashy action-type combat... So it's not like they've taken and done anything innovative with it. They've just stripped away a lot of the fun stuff, like massive battles and the uniqueness of a lot of the characters. Apparently a lot of the characters are really samey. Like, I'm putting it on here, but this is like a an avoid. So in other words, it's not going to get your Discovery Q game of the year. No. Oh, it's rated mostly negative, and it, it just released today. Wow. It's at a 27% positive review score. People hate it. Uh, yeah. Just, just play an older Dynasty Warriors game. It's better. I haven't but, played Dynasty Warriors in eight. I, I never spent much time with the series. I rented it a couple of times. Remember when rentals were? Yeah. Uh, but uh, that was about all my experience with it. Uh, how about... Uh, hey, stop me if you heard this one before, but first person horror, horror survival. Oh my gosh! That is such actually, a new and novel idea. Actually, this game doesn't look that bad. It has a very uh, good uh, graphical fidelity to it, and people are uh, saying that it's a very well. Some people are calling it Bioshocky uh, Stalker with some Dead Alum mixed in. It, it doesn't <clears throat> seem that bad. Granted, yeah, you know, this is a game that could easily be lost in the mix with all the other uh, first-person survival games. There's not many horror survival in that genre. So maybe that's enough to set it apart. Uh, In early access, though, so mm, there you go. Uh, That's a big warning, but it's also fairly cheap for uh, this uh, genre. 20 bucks usually. It's uh, it's still in its uh, uh, release sale, or early access release sale, I should say. Right at 17 in multiplayer, uh, well, with at least multiplayer as an option, I'm not sure if it's the focus. 
looks interesting though. Yeah, so I got another one. Uh, Cattle and Crops looks like a, a another farm simulator type game, but um, oh, is that the is that the older looking one that is mixed with the Cthulhu? No, no, I'm not no? joking. No, okay. no, there's one that's. Uh, hang on, let me see the. No, okay, this isn't the one I was thinking of. I know, it's gonna say this one just. Okay, whatever you said, no, farm simulator. I was thinking, you know, uh, uh, Stardew Valley esque. I will say though that this person, whoever like wrote the description, the first line: driving tractors is fun. They've obviously never been on a tractor. Driving tractors sucks. Maybe modern tractors aren't quite so bad, but I grew up on a farm. I've driven a tractor before. It's really bumpy. It's really loud. It smells, and your back hurts. And everything hurt, but that's real life experience. I mean, this looks like you know, just looking at the screenshots and stuff. It looks like an okay farming simulator type game. I don't really have too much experience with farm simulator, so we need Jam or Ghost or I think Q plays farming simulator too. Have one of them take a look at it. Maybe they could tell us, but actually, it looks good. Okay, well, I got one for you. How about a Norwegian uh, fishing game uh, not with ships? You're okay. not you're not fishing uh, Norwegians. Uh, you're uh, it's uh, uh, you're fishing off realistic coasts of Norway uh, with uh, big ships. All right, I mean, it's a fishing I'm intrigued. Game. Um, I liked the what was it? The crab, whatever ice, the the crab fishing TV show. They made a shitty tie-in. Deadliest game. catch. Deadliest catch. There you go. They made a tie-in video game like 10 years ago that was on Xbox for that. Well, I'm not sure this And I actually fishing, really like that. But it looks like it's more deep water fishing than I uh, usually see in fishing games. Right, but... And, and it doesn't is... look bad. I mean, it, I mean, it definitely is, looks a little dated, but it's not bad looking. I, what, what I'm getting at is, like, this is fishing with big boats and equipment and stuff versus <laughs> just I'm going to take a fishing rod out and go... I like that. I prefer that to just fishing. Yeah, it looks like it's more heavy machinery because uh, a couple of the screenshots showed the uh, uh, some rather impressive looking uh, <laughs> uh, control <coughs> panels. So there you go. Uh, there's a fishing game for you. How much is it? I just closed the wind the, the tab. Uh, eighteen bucks. Oh, uh, also, uh, also it looks like it's on its release sale. It released uh, last week. It's not too bad. And it's not on early access as well. And it looks like it's been updated a few times since it's been released. Just uh, bug, fetch, uh, bug fixes. So uh, that's, uh, yeah, promising. Oh, hey, it was on uh, my wish list or my discovery queue as well. Skip that. That looks like crap. That's not promising. I can't tell if... Okay. Uh, uh, sorry, I'm I'm trying to figure out if the if this uh, store page has half its assets broken or not. I'm going to add this in just okay. so you can go look at the store page and see if I'm if I'm having an issue or if it's the store page that is completely broken. It's a, it reminded me a lot of Awesome Knots when I first saw it, which is one of the few moments I actually liked. Uh, but it's a platformer slash tower defense game called Agis Defenders. And it looks like half its uh, screenshots are broken for me. I mean, it doesn't look bad, but it's not promising whenever, you know, half the assets in the store don't work. I have seen before somewhere, I think, but yeah, I'm, half the screenshots are missing. Well, broken. Uh, yeah. Well, it looks, uh, it has uh, actually some decent looking pixel art to it. But yeah, that's not promising. It looks like some sort of uh, story to it as well, so not just, yeah, pure tower defense. Interesting. If they can fix the store page, maybe I'll get a few sales. 
It looks like it's published by Humble Bundle. <clears throat> That's where you've seen it. Yep. It's published that by Humble Bundle, so it's a Humble original. That would explain it. Uh, so I got one. Attack of the Earthlings. Uh, oh, described God. as a comedy turn-based strategy game where you are the you play the alien species on a planet where that um, humans have come to mine all of your resources and you're trying to just kill the humans and get them off and it says it's got a funny single player or a funny dysfunctional single player campaign which I think dysfunctional I hope refers to the story like and why it's funny as opposed to the oh, game no, is dysfunctional uh, oh no there's a few times that uh, this last week I saw some really bad Google Translate that made the sales pitch for the games a little bit too on the nose. You know, the horrible atmosphere of an old house. <laughs> I Yep, I could see. Oh, I just got Attack of the Earthlings on my queue. I'm, oh, I'm for, it's on key mailer. Request a key. Maybe I can get this one for free. That would be awesome. Because it actually looks pretty cute and nifty. Uh, and as long as it didn't turn out to be horrible crap, I'd spend like 10 bucks on it. But if I can get a review copy, why not? Yeah, I am on my last game. It looks like it's a clicker. So I'm done. That's it. I'm spent. Uh, I am on my last game now. And, and one of mine was just, uh, yo, uh, is this broken for you as well or is it just me? No, it's broken for me as well. And that was my last game and it was not worrying about. But I got three games out of one queue. Hey, Two, uh, technically. Dynasty Warriors 9 is more of a go look at this, but don't buy it. I mean, that, that that's fucking impressive that it's that low. <clears throat> yep. On release day. That's crazy. Uh, I mean, there are a couple positive reviews, but they almost feel like joke ones. I mean, uh, I mean, this one guy uh, says, uh, I, uh, it's really a 5 out of 10, but I'm giving it two extra points for throwing me uh, into a giant movie scene. 7 out of 10 is still not a very good score these days. Isn't this the first time Dynasty Warriors? Uh, no. There are other Dynasty Warriors games on PC. Both in the main franchise and in their offshoot. You Any know, of whenever, the good ones? Whenever they just take a game and put it in the Dynasty Warriors style. Uh, let's see how many. Looks like Dynasty um, Warriors 8 and 9. Yeah, 8 is uh, rated fairly, uh, actually pretty good. I just never paid attention to Dynasty Warriors. I mean, basically, up until this one, every game is the same. With better graphics, and sometimes they add a mechanic, sometimes they take a mechanic away. But, I mean, they're basically the same game up until, apparently, this one. Holy shit, there's a lot of DLC for Dynasty Warriors. There is 21 pieces for $190. Man, it looks like it's mostly costume packs, so... Oh, 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 never mind. Is that... Looks like it. they add some sort of a weapon packs as well. Uh, 12 additional stages uh, will be added to free mode, in which new powerful versions of all 77 weapon types will be available uh, to acquire. Okay, it's not as bad as I originally thought, but... Uh, I thought it was, yeah, pure, uh, yeah, selling a power whenever I saw a weapon pack. Yeah, a lot of the different weapons in Dynasty Warriors, at least in the older games that I've played, tended to be more cosmetic. You just, you'd unlock a different weapon, and so your character could hold in, but they still perform functionally the same. So, did they ever unlock an electric guitar, so whenever, you know, you smack something, you heard the guitar chord? I don't think so. 
I don't think that was ever in Dynasty Warrior. I guess it's only in Fully uh, Cooked. I guess we're gonna have to get you to watch that now. So I can almost hear the blank look. Sorry, I, I'm muted to cough. What did you say again? I said, I guess that's only in Fully Cooked. Oh, yeah, I have no idea what that is. Uh, it's a very short anime series. I want to say six episodes. Just extremely over the top. You would love it. Okay. Put yeah, on my list. Yeah, yeah, let's put it this way. They fight with guitars. Alright. Oh, I see some images here. Alright. Cool. <laughs> Wait, this lady has a... Is that a gun or is that... Yeah, it's a gun. And her tits are out. That might be fan fiction. But it does look like it's styled like the other images I'm seeing. Could just be fanfic to... Uh, well, also just, uh, search FLCL. Okay, that picture's gone. Cool. Yeah, look, uh, like, fifth image, uh, for FLCL. There you go. <laughs> uh, well, assuming our searches are the same, but yeah. Uh, and there's the anime talk for now. Yep, I'll put this on the list that I'll, of anime I'll watch eventually. Yeah, and they go through a lot of different styles, uh, you know, as one-off jokes, uh, usually. Let's put it this way. At one point, they do South Park. And no, I'm not joking. Alright. <laughs> they uh, they have a sequence that is very Looney Tunes-esque. They joke about, you know, not having enough budget and go to manga style. As in just uh, static images going across the manga page. It's just absurd. Well, that's interesting. And I'm bumping it up your queue, aren't I? <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. But there's some good stuff on my queue that it's not going to get... Although, if it's only six episodes, that might be something that's easier to commit to. Yeah, it's not a long series, and it's going to get another season before too long. But anyway, why don't you tell me what you are up? Well, uh, this is the portion of the podcast where I come first. Which is well, what you well just that's why I'm asking Segway to. Uh, and what is coming up for me in the future? Uh, it's Valentine's Day is this week, so the podcast will be up on Friday. Um, the kids, the kids go into my parents' house for two and a half days. So Katie and I are gonna, we're oh gonna my. go see, um, Black Panther on Friday and we're gonna hang out and maybe play Thursday and also, but basically that means that nothing will be coming to my channel except the next batch of Kerbal videos and the podcast. And if you want to find those, you can see those or by searching for Gaming Psychologist on YouTube. If you want to follow me on Twitter, where you can see all of the wacky, crazy things that I say, you can do so at JMA4707. If you want to watch me stream games on Twitch, you can do so over at twitch.tv slash jarthur4707. But, like I said, because of Valentine's this week, no stream. Uh, next week, we might look into doing spin tires or something like that, but... I promise, cross my heart, hope to die, stick a needle in my eye. I'll put the list up before next week. Well, you mean I'm actually going to have to uh, change my template to add that back? Yes. Because whenever you stopped doing the stream night for a while, I took it out of the list because, or I took the list off because, you know, not really a reason to keep uh, uh, hitting it, right? Yep. Well, it'll be back. I promise. Uh, and if you want to be my friend on Steam... You can do so by sending a friend request to JR707. I accept all friend requests on Steam, and everyone so far has been loved. I made a new friend this week, although that was because of the Civ 6 game, not because they friended me randomly, but still. 
new people are always nice. Feel free to chat me up about anything. Any- if you wish to let them know exactly what episode of the podcast you're coming from, the password this week is antihistamine. Yes, indeed. Antihistamine. Yes, indeed. All right. What have you got? Well, well, for me, uh, well, divinity is still cursed for some reason. <laughs> Because we just never able to sit down and do it this past weekend because I was uh, the living dead on Sunday. And, well, we just need to sit down and try to finish it off at some point. But it's not a high priority for this week because I imagine we're going to be uh, trying to figure out uh, yeah, for next week, which is a very special. Indeed. Speaking of which, I have like 30, well, not 30. I have like 13 or 14 that I'm going to have to narrow down to four. <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah uh divinity will uh eventually come back and we'll finish it off and we should probably try to do something shorter next time uh yeah just to get back in the swing of things yeah yeah i have a few ideas and we'll sit down and figure that out later uh civ 5 uh started up again after missing a week i was late on record the monday episode and i was too sick to really deal with thursday so uh, i just ended up this week is last week's content still uh starting to approach the mid game getting my religion out i think i'm in a fairly good spot um i don't think i'm going to do another civ game though because i'm just not uh, i'm going to pull uh, you know a relic games and you know i'm just not getting the views so uh, I'm, I'm going to drop it well there there you go uh but yeah civ is probably more of a twitch game anyway because, you know, you can uh, get the real-time feedback for this. You know, I don't think there's a lot a lot of people really watching it outside of the bigger channels and um, not one of the big... Uh, RimWorld, on the other hand, which I would have thought would have been more of a Twitch, still is getting views and uh, is still do, uh, doing fairly well. Uh, it's going to be uh, continuing all the uh, town of Netherwallop. And uh, I need to record for this week because I only have uh, the episode that I just posted and that's it. Which um, I think I'm uh, well enough to. Re- uh, we'll have to see though. Things are going actually fairly well in it, which you wonder, you know, just what's my downfall? Because they have made it a lot harder to get off the planet. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to see another victory, but it, that's really all the content that's going on. Sunday Sampler should be back this week. I was just too sick to deal with uh, the Sunday Sampler this past week, <coughs> and still go- getting over it. And you can find all of that on Gaming with Caffeine Raves or just Gaming with CR on Twitter where I tweet about who knows what. And I was, uh, I did quote one of my tweets about, you know, the horrible atmosphere of the old house. <laughs> I just saw that and just started chuckling. Then again, you know, I, I was, uh, I was also sick and I was delirious at the time and slightly feverish. So, you know, that made it a lot funnier. Probably a lot uh, more fun uh, than anyone else would have with that game though. It didn't look good. It was one of those that, you know, all the screenshotting. <clears throat> so, moving uh, along to the ending spiel. Once again, you can find us on a Twitter, VGL Podcast, to get into there. Or just email us, VGLpodcast at gmail.com. Voicemails, gaming related topics, or just to scare the ever loving hell out of the balls. If you still want to pay for this absolute madness, you can do so at patreon.com slash Podcast. Which your Patreon uh, funds have your been towards our website. 
bglpodcast.podbean.com, which houses the RSS feeds as well as the show notes. But we're also on iTunes or Google Play. Our intro and outro music, music is on the ground by Kevin McLeod. You can find his work at computech.com and deeply do as well. Indeed, as always, as his lovely music starts to roll across my voice. But by now. I almost got through the outro without having to stop the cough, but didn't quite make it. Almost. Almost, but not quite. And there's our episode title. <laughs> Bye-bye.